Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey guys, week two NFL, the VIG makes his debut. Three best bets in the Super Contest. By the way, 60%, another winning week in the Super Contest. Obviously, with that, you got to pick five, but we give you the three best bets. And by the way, Maddie's best bet was my second favorite pick. So you got some good stuff here. What do you do with it? Bet DSI offers you a chance to bet. If you don't bet, you probably aren't going to say, oh, I'm going to start betting. But maybe. So we're not trying to overly entice that. No doubt. I'm respectful of all the listeners who don't bet. They like the way Vegas thinks. They want to be more knowledgeable sports fans. But if you're going to dabble, right? If you're going to dabble, might as well do it with the best offer BetDSI.com. Use the promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101. What do you get? 100% match play. What does that mean? Well, you get that extra money, and if you hit over 50% with your picks during your time of rolling over that bonus, what does that mean? It means you've got to bet it. You can't just deposit 1000 bucks and then say, oh, give me 2000 back, right? So you got to bet through, as they say, or roll it over. Now, what else does BetDSI offer? They got 20 years of paying winners, also top-rated at multiple review sites. And these days you hear about UX, user experience. BetDSI's user experience is elite. But that's something you could say, well, a majority of people like it, and that's fine. Will you like it? Maybe. If a majority do, well, I'd say you will, but maybe not. How do you find out if you try? That's it. And this bonus makes now the time to try. If you didn't start in week one, what did you miss? Well, you missed having that extra out for week one, but the offer's the same. And we don't know when it's going to end. It could end at any time. This could be the last week. And oh, by the way, before the pod starts, great time. Pause it. Go check out BetDSI.com. Promo code BELL101 when you register. So you can register without depositing and you lock it in, and then deposit after. So you could go register right now quickly and be back to the pot in a few minutes. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. Now, this is a new sponsor, so it's worth taking a second to give them a little extra profile. And I love getting these billion-dollar brands with us. Wrangler sounds tough. And obviously it's a denim brand who makes cool jeans for guys who want to look and feel good all the comfort you need and great new styles you probably haven't seen yet and it's not one of these oh you better be exactly the bmi body weight you can't have an extra pound no no wrangler has jeans to fit all kinds of men now listen we've got a disparate different shapes here on the show Sleepy J, thin as a rail, hardly eats, even if it's comped. He smokes cigarettes, drinks Mountain Dew, and works, that guy. Now you got Brad, Fez. Now me, I got to be honest, you'll see some videos soon. I've lost a good bit of weight, but still not necessarily anxious to take off the shirt at the beach, but much more so than six months ago. It's a little tease for the videos, I guess. But all styles, doesn't matter, thin, medium, and beyond. With Wrangler. Now, this is not just a generic kind of, oh, just throw this out everywhere. This was a buy from Wrangler saying the demographic, the size of the audience, perfect fit. 
you can go to wrangler.com slash bell. So W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R.com slash bell to find your new favorite jeans. Wrangler, wear with abandon. And think about it. The idea that you don't know what Wrangler's offering. You might look and go, woo-wee, that looks good. That looks like something I want to try. And it helps the show. And if it helps your style, if it helps your appearance, if it helps your confidence and your comfort, well, that's all good deals. All right, guys, on to the show. It's a good one. And oh, by the way, quick, we have a pick pod we're going to do where it's nothing but the picks, right? So it's about an hour, hour 15 usually is the way it's edited down. And then we got what we call the big show. And the big show isn't so long because we're pulling out the big stories. Like if there's a long story about Elon Musk, that is coming out. And because of that, now we're going to release that in its own little special story pods from RJ, story time with RJ type stuff. And if you're subscribed on the pod feed, you're going to get that. Uh, and, and we won't necessarily even know when they're coming out. It's just at a certain point, we'll have enough stories, 40 to 50 minutes, boom, it comes out. So sp- subscribe and know this is the big show. It's not, you know, it's not that long today, but then later in the day on Thursday, maybe even Friday as we get the systems down straight, we'll have the pick pod out. So give it a listen and know that you have your options, the big show, the pick pod, and we're refining that as we go. On to the big show. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. And it's week number two of the NFL Dream Preview. And we've got the full wise guy roundtable to my left. This guy is the operator, the owner, and the domain expert of the largest integrity company. How would you say this, Mr. Vig Matty Holt? Uh, We operate the... Largest conflict-free integrity company in the country. Conflict-free. Underline that, baby. Maddie Holt, also known as the Vig, making his season debut. Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. You might have heard that. I'm R.J. Bell. I can say internally I've got a lot of conflicts, but I deal with those at 2 a.m., (laughs) All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We've been experimenting with the shorter pod edits. Today, we're starting the pod about an hour late, and I thought, you know what we should do? Let's make the pick pod this pod. So let's see if RJ is disciplined or not, all right, because the college pod went long and had we actually pulled stories out that's going to go in the own story pod, all kind of things. What I can tell you is there's more reason than ever to subscribe. Go to your favorite pod player, subscribe, Dream Preview. Also can do straight out of Vegas. Just search RJ Bell. Same thing. Weekdays on Fox. No more, though. This is just about picks. Boom, boom, boom. And we're going to do the analysis and everything. Probably end up being an hour 15. And then even if you don't go into the pick pod, you can see if you like 
this style. So this will be the PickPod version, and it's the only one this week because we're doing it live, as some people have said. Showtime! Woo! I know we have a lot of new listeners. The numbers say that. Let's quickly go over how we do this. Maddie Holt, not only the integrity company owner, operator, but probably has taken, you know, now he's getting his second year away from this. This number might not make as much sense. So even a year ago, this guy had taken in the prior 10 years as many bets as anyone in the country, a VP at Cantor, and now on the other side of the counter and doing the integrity stuff. An expert in the NFL, I think it's fair to say. He knows other sports too. Fezzik, he has a mansion and a yacht. But he's an originator first in the NFL. And I'm me, and I really don't know much about a lot of these sports when it comes to the players because I just can't bring myself to watch all the baseball games but or even one a night. But in the NFL, it's a passion. It's a love. And it's good that I'm not so opinionated, I think, in all the sports. I'm more of like, hey, tell me a story. Let's make sure it makes sense. I'm not going to contradict you about how good the backup quarterback is for Boise. right? In the NFL, I've got my opinion. So it's a good little thing to have, but I don't overdo it. As most of you know, last year we were tied to win the Super Contest gold, 640K, with two weeks to go. And we went meta, lost, but a heck of a season. And, oh, by the way, started 3-2, and 3-2 two, three and two this week or last week, week one. I think that's 60%. It is. Here's the difference. We start the show with best bets. Most shows end the show with best bets because they think, oh, once they get the best bets, who's going to want to listen? Well, we know the numbers show you want to listen until the very end. Oh, by the way, Fez and Maddie will give a second best bet, usually a prop or a derivative or a teaser, first half this, who knows, a different kind of more sophisticated bet at the end. So there, there is something to wait for. But we start with the best bets. And we can always crossfire each, or we can always green button. If you hear this sound... It means I disagree with Fez or Maddie or someone disagrees. We'll quickly tell you who. And it's an automatic $300 bet. If you disagree on best bets, it's an automatic $500 bet. And oh, by the way, because we start with the best bets at any time during these three, if you hear it, it means we're betting 500. Fez, last year you had an exceptional year on the best bets. You've got the two super contests. Only got to ever do that. You get the honors. Detroit Lions plus two and a half hosting the ooh, Chargers. Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> Maddie got to love this one. Oh, I love it. What I it, absolutely love it. You got to tell me succinctly what it is that you like about Detroit. I mean, because you said, oh, I wish we had the tape on this. You said, I believe that the Detroit Lions are better than the Green Bay Packers. And this was like week three last season. And though the Packers ended up not being very good. They did their part. Yeah. Like, what do you like? I I liked what I saw out of Matthew Stafford and company. And look, they put up over six yards. You've been batting them almost every week for years. 
But I really thought they made the improvements that you needed to see, and I, I think they have a balanced offense now. But what I also really like is the injury situation in this game. All right, so let's, let's – I just was like – I feel like you guys are like a cabal here making your picks. So I'm going to let Fez do his analysis, and then Maddie's next. Well, I think Maddie and I are on the same page in that – Well, I'm sure you are. Four of the key <laughs> starters for the Chargers are out. Now, you can make the case, hey, Melvin Gordon, running backs don't matter when you got Austin Eckler and the kid from Northwestern. But three more key injuries. Their tight end, Hunter Henry, he's very good. He's out now. Well, hold on a second, Fez. It sounds like trite radio talk. So do, how much do you think the Gordon is worth? Half a point. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have him last week. So in a weird way, it's almost like the guy retired. Right. For this year, it seems. Well, yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is, is it's not an injury. It's not something where we thought he might be right. here. They they haven't had him. He hasn't taken one snap, right? Correct. So I'm not sure you can like the other team because the guy that's never been here is He's isn't still here. not there. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, so Hunter Henry is very important. He's their tight end. Yes. He just got went ahead and got reported that he's injured and he's out. Now, how many points is he worth? little less than half a point so not you're saying effectively he doesn't move the needle but a lot of offenses now really focus on using the tight end they are important in nfl offenses now i know we're all behind in our work just because there's so much to do early in the year but by week six you've got to make i want to see this magical list of all the players worth a half a point. Fair enough. <laughs> because I'm thinking if we went back and did an audit, that there'd be like 77 of them that you've talked <laughs> And another about. guy worth half a point, Russell Okun, on the offensive line for the Chargers. He's their best lineman, RJ. The Chargers were ranked 29th by Pro Football Focus, their line. They got a bad O-line with Okun. So they were 29th last year, you're saying? Yes, with. So somehow they went, what was their record? 12 wins for the Chargers. 12 wins. And somehow that means that they have a horrible offensive line. That was. Do you question pro football focus there, maybe? Maybe a little bit. A little bit, huh? Okay, go ahead. Bottom line is it's not the strength of the team. It's the weakness of the team, and now their best lineman is out. But then you can make the case that how do you get much worse, right? They're also missing other keys. Their key safety, Derwin James, another cornerback, another defensive back, a, a second number two wide receiver, Mike Williams. It's just, it's one of those weeks, so we think a the cluster market, of injuries. Yeah, we think the more, but I'm always concerned about things that are publicly known, right? And I Some it. of them just came out today. Okay, so what's the current market versus this, uh, you know, what, our number here. And remember, guys, for this pod, because we're, and I, you know, I actually wasn't explicit about one thing. The three best bets are automatically three picks in the Super Contest, three of them. And then we end up having two more. Now, we hold the right to change it if something really big happens. But I think we did that twice all last year. So uh, very unlikely or uncommon for us to do that. So, Fez, what's the current market price? Two and a half. And the Super Contest again? Two and a half. All right, so if it came out today, or I mean... It, like this morning at post-practices. Yeah, so the theory out. is that if it would have mattered to the market, the line would have moved, right? Well, yeah, that's by yeah, definition. Sure. So the only way this injury talk makes sense to me is we think the market just is under... So do you believe, which I do, so I mean, I'm kind of being rhetoric, rhetorical here, is do you believe that if someone was just a true injury expert, where they know the backup, you know, just really understand this stuff, because that's a specialty all by itself. Likelihood of a guy questionable playing, et cetera. Do you think he could beat the NFL just with that information? 
I think he could come. I mean, he wouldn't have high volume. Yes, I do. So I guess what quickly are the ways that the market tends to underreact or uh, market underreacts, which means there's value playing against the team with the injury. I feel like when there's seven or eight injuries for a team Mm -hmm. that even if they're not cluster injuries, that the distractions for the coaching staff, oh, we got to make a compensation here. I've never heard. This is a new concept. I've never heard. I completely agree with that. Is that a con? I mean, that's crazy. You've never said that, Fez. Because I got I have never said that. But think about it. Oh, I got to adjust for my old line. I got to spend extra time for that. Oh, I need to work on my tight end. Oh, and I got Derwin James out at safety. There's a whole lot you got to focus in on your game planning and change. And the offense does change when you're number two receiver. You're starting tight end. Mm. Suddenly, all the routes change. It's multiple players on offense, and then it's multiple players in your secondary. So it's the whole compensation distraction and compensation distraction Fez I think you laid out well the compensation idea is your con- I guess you're compensating is the idea of okay we don't have our number two receiver we're going to run it a little bit more and we won't run as many of these types of routes because he's good at that okay that's fine except wait a minute you have two linemen out so how do you run the ball so though they're not clustered in the same position group there's a compounding effect. That's right. Yes. And if you only have a few of them injuries, you can compensate. But if there's holes everywhere, what do you do? Ah, so it's two plus two equals five. Yes. That's fascinating. Now, I've always understood that at the cluster, but not so much just the team. And, and I think more side of the ball for the, or it has to be side of the ball for the yes. compensation part of it, the compensating part. And, with the distraction, I guess it's just all of it, right? Correct. Right, And, and on the other side correct. of the ball, no injuries. You're saying correct like you're teaching a class. <laughs> but after seven years, it's the first time you mention it. So I wouldn't be like being all haughty with correct. You are following me. Congratulate. No, you're coming out with something new. That's awesome, actually. But you don't have to have the pro- professorial tone, <laughs> yes. right? All right. What else? Because I got some concerns. I think, it, I think it's a bad spot for the Chargers. They just won in overtime. It is a bad spot. So they had to play more than regulation time, and they're shorthanded. So there's history here, right? So what's the history of teams off of overtime? Do not have that number. So and both games are coming it, off huh? overtime, obviously. Both teams are coming off overtime. That's an interesting but, point. But now yeah. the Chargers have to travel to Detroit, to the East Coast, so for the theory, a 10 a.m. start time. here, but no data. Because... I'm not sure. It's early in the year. How do you account for that? Right? If they're probably least fatigued now, they're going to be any point of the year. Right? right? So, I see, that's the thing. You can have a great handicap, and then you keep going. It's almost like you won't quit talking until you say something dumb. Like, like you keep talking and talking and talking, and then finally it's like, okay, I know, how, I know my limit. My seventh point wasn't good. And dumb was a strong word. Something that doesn't make sense. The early, the early, I think the early start time is very bad. We've spoken about that in weeks one and two when your your team has been used to playing preseason night games. So week two, you th- think that's the case? I think week one is the worst, and then by week four or five, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Oh, whoa. You disagree? Whoa. You're saying in week four, the fact that they're playing day games where – Five weeks ago, because, you know, obviously week four of the preseason was a week before that. Five weeks ago, they played a night game. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's just the normal three-hour body clock issue. 
Yeah. The preseason doesn't matter anymore then. Yeah. You're yeah. saying in week four it matters. You said, uh, maybe by week no, four. Okay, I five. misspoke. Week four and five preseason doesn't matter at uh, all. But even week three, you think it does? I mean, think about what I you're saying. I think week two it does. Week three, probably at that point, it no longer matters. Okay, so that's when I said, yeah. you're, whoa, it was, you're you right. said four or five. Meaning, when you say four or five, it doesn't matter. You don't have to say four or five or six or seven. You're saying four or five and saying it's between four and five. That's the only reason to say four and five, right? Yes. And so you were putting the over-under at four and a half. And it should have been more like two and a half. Yes. No, you're saying two. You're saying yeah. it doesn't work in three. I think by week three, it, it's done. It's done. So that means that two is the right answer. Yes. And you said four and a half. Yes. That got the, whoa. Makes sense. I should have the Joey drop from Blossom. <laughs> All right. So I agree with most of I wonder if I could have a green, how many points he'd have on a game. Would he go to the 19th point, the 20th point? And he, well, he didn't even get into Matthew Stafford's well, ahead, performance. Yes. 385 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And they said that they were going to get the tight end more involved. We all knew they had Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. They said they were intentionally going to get the tight end more involved in this offense. Nine targets, six receptions, 131 yards and a touchdown for rookie tight end TJ Hawkinson. I liked the way this Detroit offense was functioning, and I thought it was functioning at a very efficient, high level until the fourth quarter came and they were up 24 to 6, and they changed the play calling to try to get conservative and run the clock out, and that's when their offense stalled and didn't become as efficient. So this is one of your five likes, Maddie. If I bought yes. this, it would be 800 smackaroonies. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to raise uh, one obvious concern and one not so obvious. Obvious concern, Stafford, or Stafford with his wife's illness. Kind of hard to imagine. Being an NFL quarterback is difficult regardless. Getting a little bit older and now distraction times 10. I know we have one data point that seems like it's not a big concern, but entering the season, you had to be concerned, right? Sure. But sometimes it's a release when home's so stressful. Sometimes going to work can be a release. But see, that's the thing. I mean, I hear you, but it just feels like NFL quarterbacks a different thing. Like he looked not calm. Doing it all, he looked uh, relaxed. Yeah, maybe he's. Yeah, who knows? Okay, and again, this might be something where over the course of time, there's an accumulation. Sure, of, of course. I mean, if he starts to drop off in week six or seven, and who knows, right? I mean, I guess it won't be public how things are going, but. If, you know, things go well with her treatment, it might be a, you know, perk them up. And, and obviously... The and there's always ups and downs with treatments. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, boy, that, that feels like you don't want to... It feels like, and, and again, it's kind of morbid, but we're talking money here. Maybe you never tease the lines. Because it does Because feel, of the volatility. Yeah, it does feel yeah. like there could be some real bad games. Yeah. Huh. All right. My final point... Maybe not as obvious. So you have a coach that wants to emulate uh, Belichick, right? And for the Lions. And it's not working, at least with the wins right now. Though you could say, well, with Cleveland, he got fired, right? So, And Patricia seems to be one of these stubborn guys. Almost like he has the – like to me, one of the things about Belichick is – and I remember the play clearly – when the Colts with Peyton Manning were playing the Patriots seven years ago now, it's been a while, maybe more, and Brady and Belichick went for it on fourth and like two from their own 30 mm-hmm. late in the game, 
And at the time, there was no one doing anything like that. And everyone's like, crazy, you know, calling. I remember on air, and I sent him an email, and I said, this is why the math makes sense. You know, I was doing some estimates. No one got it, or at least in the mainstream media. Belichick didn't even cause him to blink because he had so much equity. Patricia has no equity. If anything, he has, he's a negative when it comes to job security, right? If we were doing a draft, wouldn't Patricia go at least in the top five or seven for next coach five? Oh, absolutely. Seven for sure. Yeah, so... Well, to me, it feels like that loss last week, or the tie, I guess, right? The tie, tie last yeah. week. They didn't lose, which could be a blessing. Well, it's better than losing, yeah. yeah. But it's not as good as winning. <laughs> hey, here's the official announcement, guys. Winning is better than tie, <laughs> and tie is better than losing. I agree. No debate there. Faz, you have anything on that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like that. It was coaching, too, that lost it. And that was the OC. It does feel like coaching, yes. So now the heat's ramped up. Does he look like a guy, Patricia, that's going to respond well to heat? No. He looks like a kind of guy that might respond like a heavy set guy in house Kitchen in the hottest day in July and throw out, like, his, ref- his broken air conditioner out the fourth floor window. I think, right we're gonna, I think we're going to see Matthew Stafford get a longer leash this week because, he, I mean, his comment. Are you comment, changing the subject? No, a little bit. <laughs> so what's the <laughs> That's answer? my job. Oh. The, yeah, that's good. What's the answer, Fez? Well, I agree with you that the chemistry looks all wrong, right? That Patricia's got that scowl on his face and like, what are my guys doing out there when uh, instead of taking responsibility himself? He's just used to everyone assuming that he, you know, he saw the coach. And everyone assumed he was a genius, and because and, Belichick is. So whatever he asked for, people mostly did and have done. But Patricia hasn't earned that. Exactly. So he's saying, you know what, I'm going to emulate exactly what Belichick does exactly. because that works, but it doesn't work when you haven't paid your dues and proven yourself yet. And here we are, your best bet. It is. <laughs> and and I, I love it. Ah, I'm not saying that's like it sounds like Matt or uh, Maxwell Smart <laughs> and loving it. it. But to me, I'm not saying it even is enough to get you off the game, but boy, it's a big concern. It is a concern. Do you, you admit that much, right, Matt? He, yes, he's a con- especially after he in the cost him a, a victory there of twenty four to six in the fourth quarter. All right. D- pick number one, super contest pick, Detroit. Pick number two from the VIG, Matty Holt. I'm going with the L.A. Rams here, minus two and a half at home against the New Orleans Saints. And I I don't want to go on some long rant. I just want to keep the math simple on this one. I have the L.A. Rams power rated higher than the New Orleans Saints, just barely but higher. In the worst case scenario, I've heard people say that they're even, but let's assume that the defending NFC champs are still slightly power rated higher than the New Orleans Saints, and the game is at home. At the very worst case scenario, this is a two and a half minus 25, you know, 2.75, 2.8 kind of feel. We only have to lay two and a half. The line should probably be three. If we're getting value on the number. We're going to take that value. And I'm not sure the line shouldn't be like 3.25. This Could is my be. second yeah. best bet. And here's my rationale. In fact, we got to figure out how to integrate this. If not this season, next. It's one thing to have your home field advantage. And we could debate, is it three, is it 2.75, and all that. And the key number makes it confusing, right? Yeah. 
hundred percent confusing the key number because if you just smidge off of the average or the the at least the historical average of three, it goes to two and a half, but that's worth twenty cents. So I can't mm-hmm. be a smidge, right? Correct. So correct. Everyone's correct. <laughs> Well, I mean, that one a lot of people don't realize, and I'm glad you talked about it. Yeah, and we try to teach and laugh. I think that's a really good point. So I think, Fez, what we're missing, and Maddie, if you have any ideas what Sharps have done that you've seen from your prior life behind the counter, we should have a number of how good, and it can just be plus or minus, plus a half, minus a half, or zero, how good they are on the road. And remember, guys, good isn't about winning records. It's about... Compared to the power ranking rating or ranking, all right, this team's the 16th best on the road or 16th best. They should be the 16th best on the road compared to the other road teams, right? And by definition, a team with a power rating below three for home or not power rating, but the home field advantage, you're saying the home field advantage means less to them. Right. Right. Now, the flip side is some teams. Being on the road is more of a disadvantage. The road team dis- disadvantage should be the phrase, I think, right? How do you calculate a road team's disadvantage? Because the Saints, though they, if you just look at the road record, it's not horrible, but relative to their home record, this is a team with a significant road disadvantage. Yes, and I think this is a poignant point that's not obvious at all. What, what do we well, do? It's not only not obvious, I haven't heard you brought this up in seven a, a, years. Exactly, and I, I'm glad you're bringing it up because, hey, it's obvious that the Rams don't have a full home field advantage, so it's only worth two and a half in my numbers, not three. That's pretty obvious. People know that. But what's not obvious, RJ, and you should give yourself your dream music because I'll, of I'll this. do better, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that you will, is that, of course, the Saints, because they have such a big home field advantage, when they're not at home, now that's— Well, it's not just because they have such a big home. You're right. That can be the case sometimes. But sometimes you feel the team—let's say the team is like the fifth best team mm-hmm. in the NFL, power ratings. And I could envision they have a great home field, too, on top, like three and a half. Mm-hmm. They might be as good as anyone at home because, you know, they're right up there because that extra half point. But then they can be extra bad on the road. I mean, I would make the case that Seattle or Green Bay is a perfect example. Yes. Green Bay has a great home field, but if you look at their power rating, they should be literally in the last six years, Rodgers is below 500 on the road. That is not – and I think the average power rating for Green Bay – and this is Rodgers, meaning even when there's been injuries, I don't even count it. You know, when he's been out, when Rodgers quarterbacks, they've won less than 50% of their games on the road. And I bet Green Bay's average power rating during that time with Rodgers was between four and six. Agreed. Yes. And one of the things I really like about this game, too, is while non-playing starters in the preseason may have caused Goff and the offense to get off to a bit of a slow start, but you know what it actually really did? Week two, going into week two, clean injury port, L.A. Rams, because they didn't play those starters. And you saw as the game went on, they developed that continuity. They got back in a little a rhythm a bit. But now you have a team that didn't get any guys hurt in the preseason, really didn't get any guys hurt in week one. New Orleans still without their best defensive player, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. I think there's a lot of advantages now, and now that we're in week two, of not playing their players in the preseason. I think Maddie worded that better than I've heard it from anyone else because really that's the trade off that A. McVeigh is making is we're going to be rusty, 
maybe for the whole game one, but half a game one in exchange for what? Health. Yeah. And now that you get past game one, it's all upside. Correct. Right? And they looked, I thought they looked good in the second half. And lo- they came out of that with a clean bill of health in, in week one. And we've seen it because we gave uh, one of the picks out on Twitter, gave another pick out on the radio, which was the zero passing quarterbacks we went under in the first half. Obviously, the Rams-Carolina, though it wasn't exactly zero passing, went over the game, but still under in the first half. Only 13 points, under 25 easy. I mean, think about it. And the other one was easier. Green Bay and Chicago, yes. So in a weird way, if all you did was play on the teams that we had a negative mark next to for the first half of game one, intrinsically, there's one data point, game one, and for at least half, they had a drag on them that they were rusty, these teams, Rams being one of them, that most people aren't going to account for that drag. Correct. Yep. That's the definition of value. Like if somehow they played with five-pound weights on their feet and they won the game by one, you'd be like, they're much better than that, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So just to finish the point, and I kind of hijacked Maddie's handicap, so I apologize. He was like, I'm getting in here, right in the middle. <laughs> You agree that the road team disadvantage is more than just how good the team is at home. Sometimes they can be average on the road and extra good at home, no doubt. But sometimes they can be average at home and extra bad on the road. I, I think there is a correlation, but it's not perfect. But you can be – I think – would you agree Green Bay is not only good at home, they're bad on the road? Yes. Relative to how good To the they expectation, are. right. Yes. So – and we all agree that – uh, in this Rams game, that the Saints are one of those teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the final point is, though, one of the straight up covered, we had the stat last week, Saints first two weeks of the year, prior five years, so 10 games, one in nine straight up, one in nine against the spread. Now one in 10 against the spread into the sixth year, second win, you know, so two and nine. And it took a miracle. Whew. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a coin flip game, right? Is yeah. that fair to say? Sure. Yeah. And they were laying a touchdown. So it's like the market's not a cat. And this line, Fez, you anchor the AP lines that we put out, the world openers, really, they're the first lines out there, uh, though you can't bet us on them. <laughs> That'd be fun. I never wanted to. I'm not going to be, a, I'm not going over to the other side no matter what. Well, maybe if it went to 120, maybe I would. So... <laughs> 2020, right? It's the ultimate test as an odds maker. It's what I always used to tell people because I used to get hundreds of applications. People all wanted to be odds maker. I'd say simple. Put out odds. Let the best bettors in the world bet them and make a profit. And then we'll talk. Even at 110. Yeah, that's a good point. Because even Avello was, well, I don't know if he was getting beaten at net on his world, you know, stuff he was doing at the win. But uh, I know a lot of people, again, who's going to say if they're losing, right? But. Some people that were beating him were saying it. So I'll be interested to see here how Circa ends up doing putting these college footballs out Sunday. Yeah, I it's like hard. It. It's I hard. love it, man. I do too, but it's th- hard. They got some uh, sharp people there too. They do, but it's still hard. No, I, I agree. mean you put out a hundred numbers, you're off three. What games do you think people are betting? The three. Exactly, exactly. So Fez, what number did you have as the early number? And remember, this is before the, or as you know, before the Saints played Monday night. This came out Sunday. What'd you have? Rams minus three. Okay, in the line, if anything, the Saints looked worse, right? So whatever degree you thought the Rams should be favored by, it would go up at least a little bit, right? Yes. So like 3.25. I like that, yes. Which is what I said. This line should be, baby. <laughs> uh, total agreement, Maddie. All right, next game. 
Third best bet. So, so far, Maddie's best bet. Rams in the contest. Fez is begrudgingly in the contest. My best bet, the Minnesota Vikings. Fez, when it comes to Zimmer against the spread, how would you characterize him? In Zimmer, we trust. Okay. And if you actually had numbers, what would you say? He's been 65%, I believe, since he came in. somewhere in that 65 to 67 so think about it. This is not cherry-picking all oh, last three years because he changed the offense or, oh, he finally got his, you know, understood how to coach special teams. No. From the day he became head coach, if you blindly bet Zimmer, you are in that 66% range. Who's the second best during that period, the same period? Oh, Bill Belichick. Well, what's his number? About 60. Now, what's break even? 52 and a half? A little bit of margin there. Yeah, a little bit. So we're just broad stroking it. It's 5 or 52.38%. Now, we're talking seven and a half points to get to 60, right? Percentage points. Mm-hmm. And you add seven and a half to 60, from 60, it's 67 and change. So almost the distance from Zimmer and the number two, the genius, and then from two to average, though I guess if you're tying the VIG, it's not quite average, but it's close. That's unfreaking believable. It's like a 30% ROI blindly betting the Vikings every game. Now, there's no chance or hardly any chance of that continuing. But I want to look Zimmer to start with in any game he's in. Now, I think about Aaron Rodgers, and I think about, wait a second. There's two possibilities to come away with from the opening Thursday game. Number one, Packers got so good on defense. Or number two, Trubisky sucks. Now, for some reason, I'm hearing both, meaning Colin Cowherd, a friend, someone I respect. As a broadcaster, I think maybe unparalleled on talk radio. As a guy that knows football, I respect him. He seemed to be talking so much about how good Green Bay is, but then he's talking on defense, and he's talking about how bad Trubisky is. It seems like those don't necessarily go together. So, Faz, in your opinion, and we'll go around the horn, how much confidence do you have in the Green Bay defense? I think they'll be improved, but I think if three-quarters of, of the ineptness of the Bears' offense was Trubisky in the offense, and maybe one quarter was an upgrade on Green Bay's defense. So what was Green Bay's defense last year, 1-32? to 32? Mm. All right. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, do you think they're much better than average? Like, where, if you just had a guess now, and this is early, it's going to be a guess. Where's Green Bay's defense? Average. All right. So, if you have an average quarter or an average defense, no, first of all, what do you think of the D, Matty? I think it's about average. I think average. I thought they were below average last year, and I think they're average this year. I think, And I, you could even say maybe they're a little bit, like, uh, slightly above, like, in the 14, 12 to 14 range. That sounds optimistic to me. But I, I agree. If you're going to go optimistic, maybe they're 12 to 14. I'm just thinking that if their defense is truly above average and Rodgers is as good as he is labeled by many, all of a sudden Green Bay, we should be booking our tickets to the Super Bowl, right? Well, their offense didn't look good, obviously, either in game one. 3.7 yards But the is if you play. trust Rodgers, I mean, Fez makes an interesting point, is if let's say you thought they were 8, 9, or 10 on defense, right, which to me seems illogical, and you're thinking, well, Rodgers will be top five offense regardless, right? Though he'll get old at some point. They're not worried about that. Now, if you got a 5 and a 10 offense-defense, 
you're probably a top three team. Right. Uh, you know, so to me, I question Rodgers. And if you look, again, I question, is he still the best? I think he might be the sixth or so. I, I think he might be out of the top five at this point. I know I'm in a minority there. Fez, where do you got Rodgers? Number three. Yeah, so uh, you got what, Matt Stafford first? Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> right? I assume. Stafford's in the middle. Mahomes is one. Yeah. Wilson two. Brady four. Yeah, that love of Wilson is strange, man. Whew, it's strange. So I'm confused. You got Brady four. Yes. You and I have a bet on Brady. Yes, we, we ca- do. We got the bet. Check this one out, Maddie. Go ahead. So RJ and I were talking about Just Brady. Just give us the bet. The bet is RJ has Tom Brady will be in the top 11 in QBR in the I NFL I was here when you year. made okay. that bet. Worst bet I've ever made. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not an Pretty action good start, point 340 bet. yards, three touchdowns, no picks. The fight, what, what was his QBR? I didn't say. I didn't even look <laughs> it up, and I knew you were going to ask. You know what's funny is it's what I predicted, too, is look how much they're going to run. You know, it's like – it's like they are accounting for Brady's age. All these years they said, we don't really need uh, receivers. We got Brady, right? So they spent their money elsewhere. Now Brady's dropping off just a little bit, so they have this embarrassment of riches at receiver. Yeah, Dorsett's their fourth best receiver right now, and he just absolutely annihilated your Steelers. And A.B. obviously is uh, an issue we're taping after the legal stuff, so we'll see what happens. But with A.B., whew, uh, a heck of a team. Um, and, and, and a lot of people are saying, like, I heard Lombardi talking about Mike Lombardi, friend of the show. Maddie's done some shows with him, too, is he said this is the best defense. I th- I'm thinking he said it this way. He could have said one of the best, but I remember the best defense they've had in 10 years. Now Minnesota? No, no, no. I'm oh. sorry. Back to New England, just oh. finishing that conversation. But back to Zimmer and his team, I'm skept- skeptical. I think what could be the case is what we saw from Rodgers is the truth, and what we saw from their defense isn't. And if that's the case, Green Bay's an average team. And I would not be shocked. What kind of odds would you give me Green Bay wins eight games this year? They'll win eight or more? No, uh, I'm saying eight or less I win. So over under eight and a half after having one win in the book. Okay, so the current number should be like nine and a half. So I would would give you plus. So so you're only saying – a game and a half. Oh, I'm winning at eight, so I'm, I'm giving you an extra game. Yeah, I'll give you a plus 190. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so the just to be clear then, the average half point or half game in the NFL is worth uh, 55 or 60 cents, right? Right, so I'm short, so shorting on, you by— Hold on a second. Let me see. Uh, oh, so it should have given me 120. I should have given you a plus 220. Yeah, and you offered 190. Yes. You have the heart of a book, man. Dirtiest player in the game. You have the heart. It. But it doesn't—when you can't fool me, it doesn't really work. I'll give you the plus 220. But you, did you think that was going to fool me? I'm going to give you the fair market price, plus that's, 220. You know what's funny? That's his revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you the fair price. Finally. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, to me, I think there's a lot of downside with Green Bay. And explain to me why their off or their defense got so much better. Because Colin Drash now is these draft choices. Who the heck knows what's going to happen with draft choices? It, it actually was the free agent pickup. So, they got Amos. He's the safety from Chicago. He's a really good player. He had the game-winning interception. Yeah. And then they had the two linebacking. Their pass rushers are both named Smith. And both of them, by most regards, are solid additions. They got rid of, like, Clay Matthews, like, way too old. And so, there should be— So, what you're telling me— What I heard is younger, faster. Yes, that's what I heard as well. I mean, any rookie is going to be younger or faster, <laughs> right? So, I mean, bastard typically. It just, I, I never seen a team 
like if you just had to guess how good the best of the Smiths are, I mean, there's are they even a top fifty linebacker in the NFL? I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm asking. Are you're saying both or like right around? Yeah, they're 50? right. Yeah. yeah, I doubt that. Very seriously, um, I'd be interested to look in Pro Football Focus. I haven't done that. I don't know. Right? I don't know. I just know that people's overreacting. That would be, and I guess to some degree, Collins driving this conversation. And I keep hearing about how good this defense is. It's one game against Trubisky. And by the way, Trubisky hadn't thrown a pass in the preseason. So the Smiths got two and a half sacks. The team got five. And the Smiths got six hits on Rodgers. The entire team got an 11. All right, well, we go. I mean, listen, that data point's better than if they didn't do well. I'm still skeptical. And again, when you have a horrible quarterback, you tend to take hits, right? So, the only question marks I have on the game is that we talked about Green Bay be having one of the biggest home away disparities, and now they're going back home, where in theory they're usually better than they are on the road. Oh, and, and I, mean, I don't, as much as anyone. Yeah, and I I just don't remember many games in the NFL like Minnesota's first game where your starting quarterback threw the ball ten times. And yet you had a twenty-eight nothing lead going into the fourth quarter. I mean, just um, it, it's hard to know what that offense is really going to look like this year because Atlanta turned the ball over so much, and they were handing the ball off from. I mean, they were already going to be run heavy, but up twenty-eight nothing, they were doing nothing but run. So it'll be interesting to see what this offense is. And to me, that's part of my enthusiasm for Minnesota. Is the OC? You got the pronunciation. Stefanski. Stefanski. It sounds like someone in Laverne and Shirley, like the troublemaker <laughs> that one of the guys is beefing with. Uh, Stefanski's coming. Uh, he's a run guy, right? Or at least play action, which Kirk Cousins had the best or one of the best QBRs when he did play action when he was with Washington. With Minnesota under DeFlippo, was that the other guy's name? Yes. They hardly ran play action. So... Established a run, play action. Now Cousins, who is a glorified game manager, all of a sudden looks good, right? So you know, ten passes. They ran the ball thirty-nine times and passed it ten. And that's and when you you know and you're right, you're not going to get those turnovers all the time. I'm optimistic. I love they had the whole off season. And I tell you, one of I mean, usually we all kind of deliberate on the pick four and five. And by the way, guys, check this out. We are going to be giving. Uh, on Sunday, I'm going to put out the five picks on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. But on Friday night, and we, this week, let's just say we're going to get the system down. But starting next week for sure, if you are registered at pregame, so that's free. It takes about a minute, and you get $25 on top of that just because you register to spend any way you want, FedEx, Best Bet, et cetera. But also, we're going to be re- giving in a nice public place our picks out even a little bit before we put them in for the contest. So, Fez, it's going to be Friday night, Saturday. Now, listen, if we end up getting at the top of the leaderboard, we'll change that, right? And it will be right after every, the deadline. But either way, it will be first there when it comes to us distributing those picks. And... Since it doesn't cost any money, if you're interested, it's going to be a nice opportunity. Let me get it all straight for next week, and we'll start that next week. Now, so Zimmer, we trust. I agree Green Bay's good or excellent at home. Still, I'm getting three 
with what I think is the better team. Fez, how's your power rating speak to it? I have Minnesota my seventh best team, Green Bay ninth best team, Minnesota half a point better. Hmm. Who do you have ahead of Minnesota? Dallas at number six. Oh, my gosh. So, wait a minute. We're going to get to your crazy take on Dallas, but let's just say it was pessimistic. It didn't give them credit, and they're still the sixth best team. Yes. All right, go ahead. Number five, New Orleans, four Rams, three Philly, two KC, and, of course, the Patriots, number one. Mm. Okay. So you're telling me Dallas is playing in Minnesota, and you would like me to you would like to book me at three. I'm laying Minnesota three plus a hundred. Well, I've got them as equal teams. Well, you just said who's ahead of them. Well, I got them. They're not yeah. equal then, Steve. Yeah. All right. One six and one seven. They're not equal. Decimal points. Okay. Yes. yes. So yes, you would like that. Sure. I don't think you would. <laughs> I don't think. Who do you got? I mean, I you slave over those power numbers, Maddie. What do you got? I have Minnesota as number eight and Green Bay as number nine. Okay. Holy cow. So who else is ahead? Fez had his teams. I'm assuming they're the same. Who else is ahead of Minnesota and yours? Dallas, Ram, Char- Dallas Chargers, Ooh. Rams, Ooh. New Orleans, Baltimore, Kansas Baltimore. City, New England. Baltimore. So which one did he ha- not have of yours, Fez? Well, I got Baltimore 12. I know. That's what I'm saying. Which one did he not? Because he had one lower than you. And he had Baltimore ahead, so there must be someone else. I missed it. Uh, Chargers? I have number eight. That uh, must have just been Baltimore then. Okay. Hmm. I, t- I would like ba- – uh, well, listen, I'm optimistic about Baltimore early in the year especially. All right, any closing thoughts on this game? No. All right, now we're going to go to rotation order. Colts-Titans. Titans minus three, minus 120. Fez. I'm going to lean to the Titans. The Titans have double revenge here. They got blown out twice. But uh, in both those games, Blaine Gabbert played a majority of the snaps. So I think that because of this, the Titans are going to view this game with an absolute sense of urgency that they're like, okay, now we don't have to play against Andrew Luck, who always beats us. And now we have the advantage. I lean to the Titans. I think the turnovers are strewing this line a bit here. I think the the sentiment coming into the season, even without Andrew Luck, was that Indianapolis was a better team than Tennessee. Tennessee gets all those turnovers, including an interception return from a touchdown, two touchdowns from a tight end. Derrick Henry has an extraordinary day compared to his recent numbers. And suddenly Tennessee is kind of back on that darling list. I don't trust Mariota in that offense. The one thing that does seem consistent is the offensive and defensive lines right now for the Indianapolis Colts. I could only take the plus three. Now, it seems like Tennessee has those quote-unquote lucky games more than most teams. Wouldn't you agree? The turnovers, the special teams, all the Belichickian things. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they're doing some things right there. It feels like they are solid. They certainly didn't have many last year. Well... They they were going to the last week. They were in the playoff hunt, right? Yeah, they played the. Well, well, how in the did playoffs. they do that? It, it what? I mean, that remember there was the last game that was the. Um, say it again. Yeah, they played the Colts. The winner got to go to the playoffs. Yeah, there was a do or die game to go to the playoffs. So they were, you know, thirteenth, fourteenth best team in the league. Sure, but I'm guessing you don't think Mariota. I'm like, like. It seems like they overperform every year. Like this year entering the year, they were what, seven and a half win total, Steve? Yes. 
which seemed really low to me. And Mariota's a hard guy to get a peg on what he really is because he plays hurt a lot. He, he played mm-hmm. three games with an elbow injury last year where he couldn't throw the football. Tough team to peg down. I But I do think last week was a little bit of an aberration compared to the final score. Oh, yeah. That's what think. Played. Yeah, yeah. So, But if anything, though, are we sure that Tennessee just isn't good and that the Browns are still good? They just, you know, a couple turnovers and a good, you know. Hey, listen. There's been a lot of this Browns love is was not fake, right? They have a but. I mean, Miles Jack Although, here. I mean, you look at the how pedigreed this team is. Forget Baker Mayfield. You blow out a team like that, you've done something. It feels like. I mean, the Browns haven't been blown out a bunch, even the years they went one and fifteen. It's a good point, right? In their place, yeah. No doubt, it was the the score is not representative of the truth. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Is Tennessee even better than we think? Even if you do uh, discount for that, uh, what do you, I mean? Where do you put the? Uh, well, I guess my question is: Luck is worth it was worth six points, right? Yes. Now let's key numbers are here, right? So, but let's forget those for a second. So, do you gauge it by what it started at initially, or where it closed? So, the massive overreaction to it is what he's worth, or where it closed? Well, you know, we've worth. actually spent. I'm uh, just curious. No, as no, what the we went through it, and if you act because Fez said six, and we looked at the various moves in the Chargers game, uh, which you know I think you're talking about, and we figured out that at least based upon that move to seven and a half, that he that six was about right. And now you can say, is that the truth or it got bought back? You know, I think in hindsight, considering the line this week. But I mean, it got bought back quick. Yeah. So it I, didn't sit out there at seven and a half. It went way up in the massive yeah. overreaction and immediately well, got first bought off, back. The massive overreaction can't be a half point or a point, can it? That's not massive. The debate is, is he worth five or six points? Yeah, correct. Right. So, and again, I guess going through seven, you can make the case, uh, and I don't remember the exact math. You know, the irony of this is that CGT moved this game to nine and a half, that game from three, the Chargers against the Colts. So they, CGT moved it all the way up to nine and a half for their opener. After the information came out. Yes. Yeah, but this just goes to show you at any book that isn't doing world openers. And again, I know they uh, CGT does some good stuff with the all the games out through week 16 or early in the summer or in the summer. But in general, everyone's waiting for someone to put the line up. Right. And the fact that uh, Circa here in town is putting up some nice world openers at some decent limits, let's give him credit. Yep. I just hope it keeps going because there's a long, long littered past of books trying to uh, say, we got the right guys to beat the sharp. It's like, huh, I wonder why those guys aren't betting. 20 times a game. I'm so happy to call those guys partners. They're clients of ours, and I just absolutely love the guys at Circa and what they're doing. And I think that, though, forgetting the end of his career, but you look at Steve Wynn, I see some of that in uh, Derek Stevens, which is, it's a guy, it's about value. He understands the glitz a little bit. He understands PR, like Wynn did, but ultimately find the best people and let them do their thing. And that's something a lot of Vegas can And it's vote. attracting people. 
look at their contest alone. Everyone said, oh, look how big of an overlay it's going to be. They won't even get 1,000 people. They got 1,900 people to put up $1,000 a piece in that contest. Wow. And they're taking zero rake, unlike the other contests where they're taking 8%. And, I mean, people are attracted to him. You're doing new things, exciting things. Hey, we're putting up world openers on Sundays for college football. And even though those numbers are up, the whole world still waits till Monday except them. I mean, give them a lot of credit. I agree. Yeah. And I also think that uh, in you know about a year and a half ago, I did a two-hour pod with Derek, and it might be worth getting that out there and retweeting it at some point soon. But I love it. But yeah. don't you see the analogies, similarities with Wynn in that, you know, Jimmy Vaccaro at the time at the Mirage, it was like, do your thing. Yep. And... Obviously, they're going to be held responsible, right? You do bad, you you know, you suffer. But elite guys want a chance. Just, I mean, wouldn't you say, Maddie, that in sports books, and let's just talk generally for a second, is in general the operators feel hamstrung. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. I couldn't explain all the stuff I wanted to do when I was at Cantor Gaming, but because of the type of limits they were taking, we just there's no way we'd be able to do them. And it, it, to me, there's nothing worse for someone who's passionate, who's an expert at something, to tell them your hands are tied. That's right. And because not, it affects that kind of person more, right? Some people are just happy with that. So, Fez, it's saying here that the Colts, I'm just trying to think about this here. So the line, if Andrew Luck were playing, would be the Colts minus three. Yes. About, I think that's about right. So I, it's just hard to fathom that the Titans and the Colts are even teams. So last year they were even to the point where the last game they're going down to, right? Yes, but I believe in the last game that uh, Andy was favored on the road. Okay, but that's the, the market. Yeah. See, I, I don't worship at the altar of the market like you do because I don't understand how you can do that and, and bet against it at minus 110. I don't understand it, right? So I get that the closing line value usually benefits you, so you want to masturbate to it. I'm not interested in that. They both had comparable years. Yeah, I mean, that's why he went down the last game. Right. Now, at best, there's a difference, but it's not drastic. So you lose the best, one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. And did they sign anyone else? I'm not familiar. Like, any big signings for the Colts? No. And we all think, oh, because he had a couple good drafts, that every draft's going to be good, but we have no idea, right? And you can say, well, that good lineman, Quentin Webber, he's getting better. Okay, fine. A young team getting a little better. Both both lines are above average. Oh, or yeah, average maybe even more. Average, yeah. But they were last year too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the Titans and them were about even teams. So now, did the Titans lose a bunch of players I'm not familiar with? No, I thought their performances showed that they were still about equal. Indy went to a tough road game and took them to overtime. Took the Chargers, a 12-win team, to overtime last week. Titans, we all agree their score was a bit of an aberration because the turnovers were turned for touchdown. So, look, I think they're still close to equal. Well, remember, Phillip Rivers, the the Chargers were up eight. There was five minutes to play, and Rivers was about to score a touchdown, and he threw a pick. Yeah, whatever. There's all stories. Every game. Every freaking game like that. I don't understand why you do it. (laughs) I mean, because, like, what? Not every game, but at least half the games could go either way, right? All right. 
So, but in a way, the fact it was that close, meaning that it could have gone to the Colts or the Chargers could have won clean, kind of says maybe the Chargers win more than 50% of the time, but the line is six or seven or whatever was was probably too much, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I agree. The, the you know, But I'm confused. If you say last year they were about equal. I thought the Colts were better. All right. April but by how year. much? Uh, maybe a point. All right. Let's say two. Okay. Now, the Col- now there are six points worse because of Andrew Luck. I don't agree with All right, that. So That's five, where we disagree. Five. Oh, he's got to be worth five. If he's worth four, I then... think Jacoby Brissett's becoming serviceable, and I I think it could be four. Well, I mean, you're. I mean, let's just say based upon, and, and I'm willing to say that I'm an outlier. Yeah, based upon the way the win total, and again, we can reference the market without mm-hmm. obsessing over it. Uh, it ended up, Fez, you were bad. You gave the idea three games. It moved two and a half. It looked like you were, you know, a little wrong, and then it moved more towards three, right? Actually, it stayed two and a half. Moved from ten yeah. wins to seven and a half. Okay, I saw it drifting. That okay, so which that assumes five is more and than everything half. checked back toward the Colts late betting wise in in this in the week one game in, or the in win the total. markets okay. all the markets not win the, to, to not win the, the AFC win. South. No, the season win stayed seven and a half, and that's the best. The AFC South went from plus four fifty to like plus three, t- t- less than three fifty before. I mean, you the, know what it is though. The to me, the square sharps, as we sometimes call them, were the guys that are one level away from really. Being good, and again, I I don't spend full time on it, so I'm not saying I'm beyond that. I think I can spot it though, good from a distance. It feels like this. Oh, I want to be different. I want to be ahead of everyone and say Brissett's better than people think. This adjustment's going to be too much. Public's going to overreact. I mean, five points, which feels like now what the public really did didn't seem that far off last week. Yeah, Overtime so- loss on the road against the 12 win team. That's like saying that the Raiders are, are, are so good because of what they did. I mean, one game, like we've got. I'm just saying my expectation of where the Colts were this season was met. You know, they played competitively with a 12-win team on the road. No, I agree. If they play like that the whole year and the Chargers aren't as, again, we're, we might want to question the Chargers because sure. you guys spent a long mm-hmm. time doing that. If they play, if the Chargers are as good as they were last year, and that is the Colts' truth, the Colts are a lot better than I think. And I'm not sure that Andrew Luck, I mean, by definition, you're saying the line should have been three or three and a half, which means that's in line with Andrew Luck. So if we're, now we're moving towards there's no drop-off, right? So I just don't understand how the Titans are in the Colts are even teams. Because if before the season we would have said the Colts are five points better if we now move from six to five, that just seems like a lot, don't you think, Fez? Yes. I had the Colts three and a half points better before the luck injury. Okay. So we're talking that point and a half here, it seems like. Because, yep. again, I think this line should be tightened. And, again, I should be laying the Titans here, which for some reason I'm not. Because you know why? Last point on this game for me. Brissette did not play. Brissette did not play much in the preseason. It was a weird combination of they thought he'd have to start game one, so they didn't want him to get hurt. But now he was rusty, I think, I mean, or at least he should have been rusty in game one. He looked one. better in the second half. And that tells me if there was one week I didn't want to bat him, it was week one. Mm. Now I think he might play a little bit better, right? That hindrance is removed. But I'm just a variable guy. I don't know if it's the, the Belichick connection. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I like variable as well. And I lean Titans.
you know, I, I like the fact that they said they were going to run the football a lot, and they did, but and they really ran it successfully. 25 attempts for Marlon Mack, 174 yards and two touchdowns. They ran the ball 33 times as a team, only passed it 27 times. That's pretty good. This and, could be the Det- the Detroit Lions of the of the AFC. Could here. be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fez, the Lions three on that in the Super Contest, right? Yes. All right, so that's going to be one of my four or fives I'm thinking about. So we'll see. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Oh, we went over the lines already. Oof. Giants, Bills. Now think about this. Bills on the road, favored by two. This is one of my five. All right, so you can start. Go. I have the Giants as the 31st ranked team in the NFL right now. And and, and I, I, sometimes I think that when we start to get to that bottom four or five teams, it's about motivation. And I don't know that the motivation is there. I've heard that half that locker room... and who knows how many of these things are true, don't like Eli Manning, that they want Jones to be in there now, that that's the future. Why are we waiting? Most people said he should have retired, you know, years ago. They gave up over eight yards per play, which only four teams in the entire NFL did week one. We know that defense is a mess. Uh, The Buffalo team, you know, it looked, they looked bad because of all the turnovers, But when we look at Buffalo's numbers in that game, they dominated that game against the New York Jets, but it looked like they were down. They still averaged six-point yards per play in that game where it looked like their offense was ineffective because of the turnovers. And who had the number one defense? YPP again in in week one, and I'm down with YPP. (laughs) It was the Buffalo Bills. And that's a defense we've been that everyone clearly acknowledges as the top five defense in the NFL. And they looked like it in week one. I just think in a almost pick 'em situation at one and a half, I always want Buffalo right now rather than the New York Giants. So the obvious question is you're saying Arizona, Giants, neutral field, pick 'em, you're comfortable. Uh, yeah. On <laughs> Fez, what's your number set? I'd have Giants minus two. Mm-hmm. And again, that's chocolate vanilla. That's the point. Sure. If everyone agreed, all right. Faz, what do you think? All right, I'm going to lean to the Bills as well. I'm going to make a case for this is not that bad of a road trip for the Bills. Second straight road game. Don't like that to start the season, right? But there's mitigation. I disagree. I think it's, if you ever could have two straight road games, when would it be? They're in the same stadium. That's the point. <laughs> hey, They're in. The, think about this. They're in the same stadium. So if you got to have two consecutive road games, what is the most optimal time to have them? Weeks one and weeks two. Do we know where they're uh, in the state. Same oh, I stadium. guess it's only from Buffalo. So yeah, travels on right, from so Buffalo. Short travel back both to back in the same to the MetLife stadium. stadium. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying though is, wouldn't we agree that if you had to have back-to-back games on the road, you'd rather it be week one and two? Absolutely. Yes. All right, so, and we do realize that in general, if you play away teams the second game of back-to-back, that's actually one of the strongest trends of high volume that are just, that's very simple. I think the markets are a little behind with travel today. Markets are overcorrecting for yeah, the travel. Yeah, I think so. So, like, when you lead off with 
the the back to back stuff. It's like I'm not sure. I think I'm more inclined to look to play on them. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's a great back to back road spot for the Bills. But yeah, but I'm saying generally, you're saying in this case, week one and two is good, and the fact that it's the same place and there's not a lot of geographic, you know, the length of travel. Yes. All right. You know, sometimes I just get lost with like like let's agree that there's. Uh, it's not a bad spot to be back-to-back. And maybe right. the market's mm. uh, pricing it too much. You're getting some value. What else? Like, what? what's your handicap? Well, the minus three turnovers, when teams are minus three in turnover, as you know, RJ, you lose the game 90% of the time, and you only cover 10% of the time. So the fact that the Bills were able to win outright as an underdog, minus three in turnovers, that's a buy sign on the Bills. See, I agree with that, and 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 what went unspoken there is because the marketplace, at least the 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 recreational betters are going to think, oh, the Bills just squeaked by the Jets, and Jets had the lead, you know, big lead, sixteen nothing. But in truth, you're saying this team's better than the score. Anytime a team's better or worse than the scoreboard, you can take advantage. Yeah, there might be pricing yes. mispricing involved. Huh. And the yards per play in that game weren't close, even when it was 16 nothing. 6.0 for Buffalo yards per play on offense, 3.4 for the New York Jets. From Colin, I kept hearing about how good how good Darnold is, and I was kind of teasing him on the podcast he and I do on Fridays for his network. I said, I heard that Darnold had a couple of good passes on third and 12 <laughs> late in the season. That's why you love him. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, the uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, he led the league in passer rating the last three. He had like some convoluted. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the first time I've heard someone reference passer rating in like 10 years. <laughs> you know, like, do you hear people saying Look, he's passer rating? You know, QBR, I think people trust a little more. I do at least. So here's my question. Let's do some simple math. So, Bills, Giants. Now, let's accept there's some home field advantage. Maybe Giants are a little less than three, and I agree with that. But the simple math is six-point flip. If this game were in Buffalo, that the Bills would be an eight-point favorite. Is there ever a full six flip for in-state teams? All right, let's say that seven, right? Like, I don't want to get into the decimal. Now, Dallas played hosted the Giants, right? And same thing Buffalo would in this hypothetical, and it was 7.25? Yes. So wait a minute. (laughs) The Bills and the Cowboys are equal teams. I I understand that metric, but (laughs) I'm just... It feels like you guys are getting trapped into the road favor. It looks short. Like, I can hear Cousin Sal or someone who's not a professional better say, and I love Sal... And he never claims to be a professional batter. But I can hear him say, man, I just don't see the Giants winning the game. And all they have to do is win the game, and then they're exactly. very likely to cover the minus exactly. two. So I'm always worried in those mm. spots. All right. Let's, but did anyone like this? Oh, it is a yeah, one. I have it as Let a like. Let me think about this. Yep. Okay. So, Faz, did you, did you, you didn't have a like here. Did I just you? leaned to Bill's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, why don't you jump in? No, thank you. Uh-huh. Next game. <laughs> oh, the Ravens. Now I'm going to lead off here. 13 and a half. Listen, it was one game. Just like I'm not going to – I tell Maddie you can't say the Colts are what they are, you know, last week's score. I'm not saying the Ravens are. But, Fez, why don't you recap the way I was explaining the Ravens so I don't have to say it. 
the early season. Yeah, the Ravens are going to be a much better team early in the season. And why? Because Harbaugh is going to go ahead and surprise people with that quirky offense. Is he going to keep running Lamar Jackson all the time? Well, the theory is they had the whole offseason for wrinkles. Now the wrinkle right. was, oh, he's throwing the ball a bunch. Are we, are, would we be shocked if he ran, they ran the ball 50 times next this week? No. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're going to do, and that exactly. gives them the intrinsic advantage early in the year. And the fact that they got up early means they were able to keep some of the wrinkles they didn't even have to reveal yet. So it's going to extend the shelf life. Correct. Now, who would you say in all the media figures in the country, even you know shows that say aren't serious or something with a tiny audience, a minuscule audience, is even the ones that's like internet radio, like way up in the 200s or whatever, is did you hear anyone amongst all the myriad of shows like that or the real national shows like Straight Out of Vegas, anyone so behind the Ravens early as me? We're talking about the great one, RJ I'm, I'm Bell. I'm just saying, true or false? True. All right. So I wasn't surprised. It was one of our Super Contest picks. Now you're at 13 and a half. It feels like the world. I mean, this is what I read in The Ringer today. And, and I'll be honest with you. The Ringer has some really sharp writers. Not betters, right? But they know the sports. It might be it might be uh, NBA, et cetera, et cetera. So Roger Sherman, and he said, Sunday, Jackson had one of the best single-game quarterback performances of all time. Okay? 20 attempts, five touchdowns. That's pretty good. Three inter, I mean, incompletions, so more touchdowns than incompletions, and had a perfect passer rating. And the 59 points the Ravens scored, the most by any team in the NFL since 2012. Pretty impressive. Now, here's the thing I put in red. Who, Lamar Jackson, who is already, obviously, one of the best players at the most important position in football. All right. Fez, you've got a quarterback, one or 32. Where's Lamar? 30th. Okay. You haven't adjusted it. I have not adjusted it. Would you? Meaning if we were saying every week we want you to re-examine, would you? Yeah, I'd bump him up a little bit. I feel like I can name three quarterbacks that are worse <laughs> than Lamar Jackson. So that's interesting. So who was the two behind him? Eli mm-hmm. and Murray. All right. Oh, Eli, everyone is talking. <laughs> so read like the three or four that you had a little bit better than him. Brissett, Mariota, Allen. You have Mariota as almost the worst quarterback in the NFL? Number 28. And Josh, let me see that list. There you go. I think Josh Allen might, I don't know. Okay. Wait, you got Flacco better? How many spots better is Sam Darnold than Lamar Jackson? Uh <laughs> He has Sam, yeah, Sam Darno at around 22. Oh, 22, 22. Car, you have Winston 20? Oh, by the way, Matty, you're a Winston intercession <laughs> best. Oh, look, it's so good. Might have to make an adjustment <laughs> on Mr. Winston after <laughs> week one. I haven't updated that. But My only hope is he quits playing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm hoping for a premature retirement. <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny if you were on Twitter. I'm hoping they pull the plug on him quick. Oh, that's a good point, too. I never thought of that. Sure. If he's so bad, he might not even get a chance to throw the interceptions. Damn, you were sharper on that one than I gave you credit for. 
So, <laughs> no, I think I put something in there. Remember, I snuck the caveat in. He has to play. Yeah, he has yeah. to play a, a minimum number like, of games. I'll take the push. <laughs> Get out of it. Fine. Give it a yeah, push. I, 15. I think it was. I, it was a high fine. number. Yeah. It was but a But that shocker. works for me, too. He's got to play 15. He's not going to Oh, no, throw. no, no, no. It wasn't that. You, we don't do double. No, the way it was was the bet is if it goes under, I, we're going to have to listen to this. Yeah, thing. you can't go. If it goes my way, it only has to do this. It's a must-play 15 for action. First off, I said we'll listen to the tape. All, all right. right. Let's not go crazy. Um, I would have never bet it that way because we know he's not going to play all the games. But all joking aside, all fun aside, you, you got him as one of the worst. Maybe if you're super generous and overreactive, 20th. Oh, that'd be way That's overreaction. What I'm saying. Yes. This guy is saying that he's top five. I mean, who? Wow. Jackson is already obviously one of the best players at the most important position in football. One of the best is not number 10. One week ago, they were saying he was a running back that well, threw every stop, now and then. Let's start. Who's saying what? I mean, that's what I'm saying. The ringer wasn't saying no. that, right? And I don't think anyone was really saying that after last year. The guy made the playoffs with the team. Let's give him credit. Fantasy people love him. He, well, because he's, he's yeah. like a running back. Yeah. So all I'm saying is this. this is, and I think there's a political element to this, right? And you see that is there's certain – if you're progressive, if you're conservative, whatever it is, you're going to root a certain way. Like Tim Tebow probably had more conservative fans. To me, the whole idea of – you know, how viable, historic, you know, I guess historically black quarterbacks have not gotten the benefit of the doubt that oftentimes, and, and oftentimes success is driven by do you get a chance to fail and keep going? Most people don't just succeed right away. Even professional quarterbacks, look at Peyton Manning. You know, you got to wonder. The case would be made by progressives some that if Peyton Manning were black after the first season with all those interceptions, it'd be like, does he even start again? It was one of the worst seasons we ever saw, right? I mean, it was bad. It was, at least it was, it was bad, yeah. Yeah. So their point is, yeah, it should be a meritocracy decided on the field, but if you don't let the guy play, then how do you know? So I see that, and I, you know, I could see that angle. I can see the other side. I think coaches want to win more than anything. I don't think a coach is saying, I know – that, that, that this black quarterback gives us a chance to win, but I'm going to say no. It's like you're talking career, you're talking generational wealth is at stake, right, for the coach. So, But sometimes there's biases that people don't understand in, in themselves. So I get it, but this feels like the overreaction of the week. Agreed. But it, it also feels like it's hard to rank him all of a sudden. No, yeah, the upside got higher. I agree. I think it's a lot of scheme. Right. So because here's the question, does he physically throw the ball? If we were doing like a skills competition, does he throw the ball like an NFL quarterback with its with accuracy, with speed of delivery, all the things? Well, the problem is he doesn't make all the different throws that the prototypical quarterback. Well, it's, not prototypical. it's pretty much what you have to make. And like which yeah. successful quarterback Do you have to it? make it anymore. Well, which successful quarterback can't make those throws? We didn't see him try them. That's the problem. Can Lamar Jackson throw a 12-yard out? I don't know because they didn't even attempt one. They threw it short. They threw it deep. The bomb. That's it. And He threw two passes, screens and and bombs. bombs. And here's the thing. And and 
you just said something, Maddie, that made me think I see a path for him. And, and Harbaugh's a smart coach. Uh, if they figure it's going to take 18 months from now, let's say, to get him thrown those 12 yard out, you know, like tougher passes. Yeah. If they can scheme it up and let his running in the scheme compensate for the interim. And then as the scheme starts to expire, where, where it's not fresh anymore, it's not surprising, it's not as much of an edge. If, as it does one increment at a time, his ability to throw increases one increment, it's kind of a trade-off. That's right. right. We've never really seen that, though, have we? Where a quarterback came in, couldn't make all the throws, but eventually could, have we? No, but I don't know. Yeah. He's I'm a always difficult suspicious. to rank. Yeah. yeah, I'm always suspicious when you're saying this is the first time. And I don't know because I heard a lot of people say that, you know, in the offseason he worked on it a ton and got better. And then in, in – in, uh... You know, I think him and Ben Simmons were working together. Ben was on one side with the jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so I just don't know. All right. My last thought on this is... It's fair to say that any ranking that's in the upper half of quarterbacks is probably a little bit... It's it's certainly uncertain. Yes. At this point. Uh, now, if someone said, hey, I know right now the, the, the data says 16, 20, whatever, higher, but I think he's this, that's fine too. That's the definition of a batter. But right? don't we have almost just as much uncertainty in this game on the other side? Do you get the Kyler Murray who, when Detroit stopped trying to score at the end, you know, through all those long, or do you get the Kyler Murray you got through the first three quarters who looked like a rookie, looked a little overmatched, looked a little unsure of himself? Looked like a little kid out on the field. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you Wait, have the pump sh- pass and kick guy out on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Faz, what's your take? I think there's an overreaction to the performance of Baltimore. And and let's face it, let's talk about injuries here. Baltimore has cluster injuries at cornerback. And if there's one area on your defense you don't want to have cluster injuries, it's against Arizona with all those four wide receiver sets that they run. So because of that, I think the back door could well be open. I like Arizona. You love when the back door is open, don't you, Faz? I'll... As long as I can get and get back home, it's all good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to come right in the back door here. See, I mean, you got it. it's on tape, Faz. You love it. Documented. <laughs> to me, with Murray, I think in the NFL, when you get to the point where the team that's trying to score doesn't care about turnovers, meaning they care, but they're willing to take the risk because. You ask yourself, why couldn't a team start the first quarter and play like that? Because this old story about prevent defenses, I don't think these teams play that anymore. I mean, like the old school 15-yard outs are easy, right? I mean, you watch the game. I mean, was Detroit making it easy on them, or was it just, hey, if you get strip-sacked here, it's just you're They were at first, up 24-6 to in the fourth. At at least in the the early stages of that comeback, they were certainly trying to kill clock and make the drives go. And also what happened is that Arizona finished the week with the fastest pace of play of any team in the NFL. It was a little over 20 seconds. And that Detroit D— Per snap. Per snap, right. And the Detroit D clearly got gassed because of that. Oh, that's interesting. Uh Uh-huh. So— I think Harbaugh is going to have his team physically fit. I mean, especially if you're going to run the ball like they are. I like the over here. It feels like maybe Baltimore gets a nice lead, and it feels like that Arizona, obviously, as Fez loves, the back door is open. What do you think, Fez? 
Yeah, I do. I agree. Can you can you get in your computer? Yeah, I want to log in to get what the total is. On That's this. what yeah. I'm saying. Forty six. It just seems like you're really struggling, man. Like, what do you have? How quickly does it lock? You should probably set it for a half hour or something. I think it's fifteen minutes. So forty seven. Forty six. So, do you like it? Like, why wouldn't you? Sometimes when there's a blowout, the fourth quarter can. Well, do- so first off, if we felt like it was a blowout, we should lay the thirteen and a half. Like, are we feeling like the, the – who do you – if you had to force play there, who do you play? Well, I like Arizona. Okay, so why are we so worried about blowouts? Because they could cover and still be down double digits in the fourth quarter, and that historically means a lower scoring So we're thinking Arizona quarter. just doesn't score. It just, mean, it just feels like Arizona – They only had six points against Detroit in the fourth quarter. It was all the way into the fourth? Yes, right. sir. Then it seems like – so does anyone – like, what's the team – I mean, in theory, we can figure the team totals out, right? So for the Ravens, you got to wonder uh, – so it would be what? Somewhere we take 13.5 from 46, 33, 16. 29-16. Yeah. Oh, 29. So it is pretty high. Boy, I kind of like Arizona over the team total. But, you know, I think Baltimore's going to get their points regardless. What do we think of the coaching? I know it's hard to tell in one game. Kingsbury is unprecedented when it comes to a losing college coach just getting a head job. Any thoughts on? Look, I feel like if Detroit finishes the job, it was 24-6 to in the fourth quarter. If Detroit finishes the job, no one is praising him. Not he had true. six points going into the fourth quarter. Kyler Murray threw a pick early. That was a terrible throw. His offense didn't look like it had any wrinkles at all. I mean, it was a very vanilla offense for the Arizona Cardinals for three quarters and four minutes. When you say vanilla, just that air raid system. Yeah, they didn't but have any. Yeah. I mean, they weren't tricking anybody. Yeah. yeah this is the NFL, right? That's Spurrier right. wasn't tricking anyone either. All right, guys, one commercial break, one and only. And then we not only have the best bets to end the show, the bonus best bets on the derivatives and such, but we also have up next the Patriots, the Dolphins. Yes, about as big of a mismatch as you can find. And, oh, by the way, it's historic. We'll tell you about that. One and only commercial break, guys. What a show so far. Oh, Matty, he can be surly sometimes. Those bookies just are used to winning. Yeah, he's smiling. What's he going to say? All right, cockroaches. Bet DSI. Speaking of bookies, but I love to beat him, right? I love, I'll be completely candid. There's a land grab going on, right? So the Bet DSIs are saying, uh-oh, gambling seems to be booming. They're straight out of Vegas. There's this, there's that. ESPN, FS1. And then you think, They're all competing for you, right? The more people competing for your dollar, for your attention, whatever, you got leverage. And I love it when a bookie feels like they got to give you, you know, give you the godfather offer because that means the betters win. And I'll be candid. Bet DSI knows it. I hope our guys crush them. I really do. And there was kind of a, oh, RJ, boy, last season, you guys. Your, your customers did so well, but we don't expect that to continue. And I just smile, and we talk about it. We don't expect 67% to continue, but I've been on Kevin and Bean, for example, in, L- in L.A. Just myself, forget Faz and Maddie and all the collective IQ. Five years, three picks a week. 
Let me think. Year one, one. Year two, one. Year three, one. Year four, one. Year five, one. Five for five with profitable seasons. Again, no guarantee, but it's some history there. So let's hurt them. Right? This isn't the pre-roll. They might not even listen to this one, which means I can be totally candid, which I am usually, even to them, but I can be explicit. Let's put a hurting on Bad DSI. They're giving you the promo code Bell 101. The promo code Bell 101 gives you this 100% bonus. That's a sign of how much you're competing for your business. Let's take advantage everywhere we can. Be the dirtiest player in the game, like Fez, when it comes to the bookies. BetDSI.com. Promo code Bell 101, 100% bonus. <laughs> and let's hurt them. I love that. All right, last one. Another billion-dollar brand here. I love it. Dosakis. College football fans, you need to brush up on your football knowledge. If you do, enroll in the Dosakis College Football College. <laughs> this is where you learn from brilliant football minds like Jake Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. This will give you an edge with your arguments about this season. And you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. You can be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll at Dosakis College Football, Football College at dosakis.com slash edu. Dosakis, keep it in Terrasante. Dosakis beer brands, enjoy Dosakis responsibly. Imported from Cervezas, Mexicantes. White Plains, New York, copyright 2019. Dosakis beer brands, no purchase necessary. 50 U.S. states plus the District of Columbia, 21 plus only. Enter by 12 2019. Full rules available at dosakis.com slash edu. All right, baby. Patriots, 19 point favorites Ooh. at the Dolphins. Oh, by the way, Dolphins are shockingly good at home against the Patriots. All the way back to the 18 and 0 year, the next season, where did the Pats lose? First game in Miami. Fez, what do you think? You know, there's a big question in this game and it's all about the Miami effort of the players and I can't answer it, RJ. I'm really not Well, hold on, sure. you've answered it. You made a drastic downgrade of the Dolphins. How many points? Three-point downgrade based upon last week's action. Now, here's the paradox. Week one, the zen of handicapping. Week one is the most important week when it comes to impact of one game on power ratings because it's one of one. In week 10, if there's the same result versus week one, Fez, what ratio would you say week one is more impactful? Twice as important. Double. I agree. Does that sound right? I think it could even be like two and a half. I really You're think saying week one moves that much. Yeah. yeah. Now, the paradox is we're saying it's the most impactful, but almost everybody over uh, considers it, overrates its impact because it's all you got. Fez, I feel like you might be doing this here, right? So the three break down the three points. What is the makeup of the downgrade of Miami? So I Adjusted Miami one point for bad performance on the field. Yeah, so if you had no other questions of what happened on the field, uh, that's about as big of a downgrade as you'll do in one week. Correct. And then I 
thought about the locker room, the effort of the so players. So you were thinking about the the riots. You the, love backdoor, and you're thinking about the locker room and the the fires that are going on on the sideline, the revolt, the mutiny. So you're joking here. Yes. So you were talking about oh, if they trade Tunzel, there's going to be riots. <laughs> yes. You said that after they traded him. Where's the ride? Yeah, okay. Maybe metaphorical you were, but go ahead. Fair enough. So I said, you know what? If the locker room is completely lost and this is a real fact and the players are not playing at 100%, I'm going to adjust three more points. How likely is this scenario? You know, I think it's more than 50%. I think there's a two-thirds chance this is a real situation where the players are not playing at 100%. I disagree. Yeah, I do too. So one question, I'll let Matty jump in. Which other teams, if the Dolphins are compromised the entire year with effort, and when I say the entire year, we know some teams at the end of the year get compromised. We know that there can be weeks or two early in the year for whatever reason. Someone got fired, someone got traded, whatever, compromised. Which other teams not late in the year have been compromised for an extended period of time when it comes to motivation in the NFL? None that I'm aware of. So you're saying there's a 66% chance of something which would be unprecedented. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. I mean, at the end of the day, these are young players in a salary cap tight league who are playing for their next contract and their next team. And let's face it, when we all talk about tanking in any sport, regardless of what sport it is, we never blame it on the players. It's always the general manager or management of the team has decided to to play inferior players, not that the players themselves are not trying or are trying to lose. And I don't think the Miami Dolphin players who are going to be trying to get that next contract are ever going to go out there and try to lose or try not to perform. I agree. And and again, that's why I think you can have it a week or two. But eventually, it's it's like even, I hate to say it, it's like uh, grief from, from a death. It's like you feel, you know, you feel like it's never going to be the same. And maybe... In, in some cases, it never is, but it's that, you know, it's that little smidge. It's not that I can't get out of bed. That's right. That people feel. And obviously, this isn't life and death, but it's about the next most important thing, which is generational wealth. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, as a Steeler fan, as I think about Martavius Bryant, out of the league, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best athlete I've ever seen at wide receiver. I, I You never see a wide receiver make cornerbacks in the modern era miss angles very I mean, they know how fast, you know, they're usually as fast as you. That guy would take passes and, and make him – it was un- – they give him a third round. It's kind of funny in hindsight. The guy was – Pittsburgh was through with him, a shenanigans, whatever, drug policy. Still got a third rounder out of the guy. Now, probably was a bad trade for the Raiders. It He's – I don't know how much money he banked, but it's not generational wealth. No. Just one contract that changes everything. These guys are all either so good that they're veterans that aren't going to fall into this trap, or they're still playing for that that one contract. That one contract. Their second contract where they actually get paid. And I think that's the problem. Fez is so much, and to me, one of the best, if not the best, psychological handicapper. What is the mindset of the team? But he's so good at it, he's almost like a poker player that's playing marginal hands to kind of, he feels comfortable on the edge. I think sometimes if you took your 20% goofiest psychological handicaps and put them in the river, we'd all be better off. (laughs) 
but you don't know which twenty percent. That's what you're here for. Yeah, well, I don't know. You're doing you did you're doing okay with your picking without me, but you don't always argue them particularly well. All right. So let's assume you know what we can do? Let's assume for this discussion that they're not giving up. Because if they are, you know you can't play them and you probably play the Pats. So if they're not giving up, what's your handicap, man? I think it's tough to go down to Miami in September. The humidity is a little bit tough. I mean, they might have got waxed last week, but that's how you get guys hurt. They cramp up. You get them out there. They pull a hammy. I think this is a situation where the Patriots are probably going to be careful with this game. They have a lot of veteran players on this team. The humidity is is tough to deal with. It's easy to get cramped up, and um, and it's hard for any team to get motivated coming off. It's not easy. It's not hard to get motivated to play Pittsburgh on Sunday night football. And you're all fired up, but you just watched Miami lose 59 to 10. And despite what they've done to you in the past, I don't know that new England's going down there with shields and swords up, ah, you know, put your war face on. If I was playing this game, I would only take the 19 points. And I don't know if Belichick wants to embarrass his former um, assistant coach Flores, who took over for Miami. So that's another factor. If this gets, I, I don't, I, I don't think Belichick thinks like that. He'll, he'll cut Tom Brady if he mm. thinks best for the team. Yeah. Right. So he's not going to try to embarrass him. He's going to play. Right. So what's funny is you think the sharp side is the nineteen. And I'll get these exact numbers and put them on Twitter. But if you go over, if I recall, 14 or above even, is you, it's hard to find a time that it's winning for the underdog. Whereas I think there's so many dog players that are like a jumbo number, it kind of depresses it, uh, the results a little bit. But Where, we don't ever see set above 17s. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is if you even go to 14 and above, because you would think that uh, – but but – the funny thing is most of the – well, not most of – the percentage on these high ones, it might only be, like you said, 15 games over 20 years or whatever. But it's like – and again, I'll get the exact numbers, but it's a worse percentage on the big, big dogs than even the 14 or 15 point mm-hmm. dogs. So, but uh, it's such a small sample. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But if, if you – when you have a But small it's an s- uncomfortable feeling in the NFL overlaying that number, I think. Oh, I agree with that, too. I'm not saying you lay it, but in my experience, and you can tell me if you agree with this quickly, is when you have a small sample, you look for something adjacent. So if you're saying, okay, 17-point dogs are a small sample, well, how's a 14- or 15-point dog? And it's similar, obviously. The funny thing is I think I would bet the Patriots on the money line before I would – Lay it because I agree with you. I don't think there's any great desire to get margin, Maddie, but I do think the fact that the Patriots have been beat up down here or or lose, they've lost, let's just say that, that is on their minds. They're not the type that likes to have any spot that someone can feel confident against them. It's a great point. Right? So I think that that doesn't help them. It does help them get margin in a way because if, you know, I don't think they get down in the game, but this is a weird situation where. What would the typical odds be, Fez? Maybe you can do this in your head real quick. If I say I want to bet that it's somewhere between ten and twenty, that the Pats win by ten to twenty, right? Probably about thirty-five percent. All right. If I could get fair odds based on history on that, I would bet that draft. I would bet that right now mm. because to me, it feels like there's not much of a chance the Pats lose, even less I think by a smidge than what the odds would say. 
the money line. But on the other hand, I don't think it was a great chance of huge margin. I agree with that. So do we, is there a T? Te- I mean, I know we're not teasing through classic. And numbers. the total tells us there's not a great chance for margin here. We have a almost 20 point favorite with a total of 47. So does that mathematically work regards to the correlation? Well, it's mostly two and a half. So two and a half would be 38. Yeah, yeah that just about gets there. It does. It so, does get there. So do you ha- if you play this, do you have to go, if you like the favorite, do you have to go fave over? And you, According to mathematical winning percentages in the past, if you're, it's more than two and a half. So you'd go fave over and, and dog under. If you are betting one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Does that go in both directions? I mean, if you like the under, do you have to tie it to the dog? Yes. Yes. All right. So if you have any opinion on the four, <laughs> you got to parlay. Yes. That's pretty as good. As long as they'll let you. <laughs> well, in the NFL, do they ever block you? No. Yes. Well, they'll let you bet it. It depends how much. They, it's, there you go. They won't completely reject you, but you might only be able to get down a couple hundred bucks. How much extra do you make for shilling? <laughs> I can't wait till you. I mean, is there any book that you're going to give up on that they just won't become a client so you can just not start unleashing? Maybe CG. <laughs> Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Next game. We got, oh my, Fez is on the hot seat here. You know, this isn't even a pick that I'm disagreeing with, but it's so crazy. I don't think I've ever done this before. In one corner, two-time Super Contest champion, an elite chess player in his youth, lost his virginity at age 24, two bottles of hair dye. How often do you die? Once every three weeks. Oh, my God. You're not messing around. It would be funny if Fezzik went on like a a real cold streak and didn't have enough to buy the hair dye. <laughs> didn't but, have enough. But <laughs> think, think about when it was a like halfway and, and all you would see is like an inch and a half of gray coming out and then the tips are jet black. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd show up. He'd show Someone up. Someone needs a, to tell him salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah, you might want to start doing a little bit, you know, like let some truth out. Just a smidge. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the shoe polish. <laughs> All right. That's him in that corner, and, and I'm me. And, Fez, I'm going to let you set up the disagreement. And don't tell the – you know, just give give the facts, baby. The facts are that the Dallas Cowboys look great against the New York Giants. Abs- you, know what, you know what I'm going to do real quick, Maddie? Quick question. Let's get right down on a piece of paper right now is how much you upgraded the Dallas Cowboys after their, their victory. Just write that down, and we'll reference it after. All right, Fez, go ahead. So typically when a team blows out another team in week one, I adjust by one point. However, going into the season, I felt that the Cowboys were one of those teams I had a really good read on. I'm like, this is going to be a wild card team. All right, this is not a Super Bowl contender. a wild card team is usually going to be ranked from where to where? Uh, Ranked like 10th. Okay. Eighth, somewhere around there. Well, wait a minute. Eighth, how many divisions are there? Four in each. Four divisions. So I'm just and, doing some simple math. How are they eight? Well, they got the Eagles in their division. So, okay. But what I'm saying is, if the eight division teams are one through eight, I know it's not always going right. to be like that. But you're saying they'd be better than some division team. Fair enough. So I, effectively, they're a division winner, even if they don't. Cowboys win. are like a nine or ten win team. I've said, you know what? Not a lot has changed. 
was my initial workup on the Cowboys. So I actually said to myself, I don't want to overreact. You can tell he's already backtracked. I don't want to overreact. Or workup. And it's certainly possible that I aired here. So the Cowboys look great against the Giants. And I said, you know what? I'm so only- the, really, the, any reasonable person would be thinking, my standard upgrade on a nice win is a point. This went a far beyond that. Uh, maybe a point and a half or two, right? Would two be- would be extreme, but a point and a half would be very normal or a point. Yes. And I only upgraded them half a point huh. because huh. I believe that I got too caught up with my pre-week one thoughts about the Cowboys. But then I- under that theory, you thought the Cowboys were better than the market. I did have the Cowboys rated higher than the market going so in. you must have cashed a gigantic ticket on the Cowboys in game one. I, I did bet them over nine plus money on no, season no, no, wins. No, 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 oh, Is game one when you thought, because here's the thing. If a team blows out a team in such a fashion as Dallas and you go, yep, what I expected, well, how much did you win? Oh, nothing. Well, I, I won. I teased the Cowboys. I thought it was a really you good teaser. You didn't win. If you have to buy points, you weren't <laughs> all that sure. Fair enough. You and your advantage teasers and acting like that's a sign of support for the Cowboys. We talked last week about how Dallas minus one was a really good teaser, to be fair. Well, yeah, because it was an advantage teaser. Yes. So your point has zero I said my numbers supported Dallas also. But you wouldn't bet them. Because I like the teaser better. No. Oh, come on. You were worried about double dipping with your risk exposure (laughs) profile. Honestly, dudes, quick like, tell the truth. The truth is I'd much rather when a, when a team's favored by 7.25 and I can tease that the 7 down to 1, that's a better mathematical bet. Okay, but under that theory, if you have a gigantic or if you have a really big edge, you're going to bet both. Right? The only issue is there's going to be a correlation, but since you're playing a small percentage of your bankroll, it's a non-issue. I might bet both, but I'm going to bet more on the teaser. Okay, the so teaser's the, que- the better bet. Fair enough. The question is how much did you bet on the Cowboys? Zero. So it was more, wasn't it? Yes. All right, so, Maddie, what would you write down? Point seven five. Oh my gosh, so that's not much of an upgrade. No, I, but I already had the New York Giants, as we discussed yeah. earlier, as one of the worst teams but in the NFL. But you still had to be surprised at the do- level of domination. I was. I, I thought their offense was surprising. Their defense, though, I already had as a top five defense in Dallas, so that was what I thought it would be. And I think the Giants are one of the two worst teams in football. So you... Uh... You watched the most of the game or the whole game? Whole game. What did really you see, what'd you see with your eyes? Kellen Moore's play calling was sharp. It was crisp. It was fresh. And Dak Prescott could make every single throw accurately and on time. Yeah. I mean, to me, this Dallas team, I get the whole every year they see, you know, they get a lot of hype. I'm impressed. I mean, when you add a young defense to this, and then with uh, Amari Cooper seemingly, you know, we think back. If J- if there was a young GM that did everything Jerry Jones and the, this organization has done in the last five or six years, but this guy had a process, he had a PhD from Brown, you know, he had his math, mo- he had a little... <laughs> They'd call some- him Theo Epstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is if he was that yeah. type, yes. wouldn't we be saying... Like, there'd be big profiles on the ringer about how mm. this guy... I mean, like, think about the decisions that Jerry Jones has made. How many teams have drafted better than them in the last five years? And to have an OC that young and give them those... Uh, with all the players, I mean, the money that you're paying those offensive players, it just, I thought it was great. I mean, one of the best running backs. 
the best late round quarterback of how long? Yeah. In the last mm-hmm. 10 years Since at least. Brady? Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I haven't thought it all the way through, but right there in the, the discussion, if it's not just Dak, Dak and one other, maybe. I mean, Russell Wilson's second round is a whole different thing. But where's the credit? Look at this defense. Sean Lee apparently was worth almost a touchdown at one point, right? <laughs> now he's their third best linebacker. That's what I'm saying. You gotta get and, and when they drafted that guy, that seven on seven dude, I know I should know the the linebacker. The Van Der Esch. Yeah. Is a lot of people were scoffing at that. Mm. So I don't know if it's just a run of good luck, but it feels like the narrative on Jerry Jones, he doesn't have I know Fez, you like the tight jaw, you like the symmetrical face. You don't want to see any signs of aging, typically, right? Right. <laughs> His voice gets weird when he, <laughs> he goes, right. <laughs> but I think if you just kind of forgot the aesthetics, you got to really appreciate what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah, and, they're, and in fact, their third-round draft pick from a couple, couple years ago, Gallup, he – it's turning into a really solid number two wide receiver. He had a monster game. Another good draft pick. They let Dak, or I'm sorry, they let, um, well, I wanted to forget him, the wide receiver that blew out his knee in New Orleans. Des. Des, yeah. They let Des go, you know. He's still looking for a job. Sooner, though, than I thought they would. Like sure. they, they probably let him go, you know, when a, you know, when Belichick would. You know, that kind of thing. Maybe Belichick would have been a little earlier. But, all right, so who do we like? I passed. Just just pass. Huh? It's a pass. It's a total pass for me as well. Wow. I like Washington. Maybe a slight lean even toward Dallas. And I get the idea of liking Washington, the division game and everything. But they already are racking up injuries to me. And I, and I just loved what Dallas is doing, so I'm passing. Yeah. You know, that's what I learned with Kansas City. If a team is a juggernaut, and we don't know yet, but Dallas has the feel of that. Sometimes I love to step in front of it if I think they're overrated, but I tend to always want to step in front of it. Yeah. But at what point do you just say maybe this team's just better? You know, it's there's something they're doing. It might be scheme, you know, with Kansas City especially. Might be Mahomes ends up being the best quarterback of all time. When's the last time a guy with one year of experience was on top of your quarterback last fast? Brady never, never happened. Brady wouldn't have been entering his second year. No way. He wasn't even close, right? Andrew Luck would be the closest. Well, Andrew Luck should have never been in anyone's. I mean, uh, that's a whole <laughs> podcast. I mean, it was just because someone, everyone heard about best scouting report since Elway. And I, there was just this, like, who, like, what did he ever do on the field that made you think he was in that top, top tier? Meaning he was obviously in the top 10, probably from day one. But Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not even a huge fan of, Peyton Manning in his prime, Brady in his prime, they weren't even in the same uh, – Luck wasn't in the same universe. He just had that look as a rookie after such a bad season to, for them to win 11 games. and uh, Yeah, the year their season win yeah. number was four and a half. And but, he wins 11. So maybe the team's success around him sort of also – Except that pretty him. much dried up, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it probably was an overreaction to what a tremendous rookie year hit the team had compared to expectations. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, RG3 had a better rookie year. 
I mean, he got the rookie of the offense. Maybe but, statistically. Yeah, well, what else are we going by? Wins. Well, I mean, luck, luck had more wins. They got to the AFC title game, right? What, this sounds like a conversation from 89. <laughs> like, we're just going to say the, the quarterback. But you're asking how, why he got so inflated. I okay. think it's because they but got Baz, so far. On your raw numbers, where was Andrew? So it's no regard for the backup. Where was Andrew Luck entering this year? Number two. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying we're trying to discuss why the squares were wrong, well, you're looking. He's got a pompadour and he has black hair. Wow. <laughs> Where'd you have him? I don't necessarily rank quarterback. I would say like in the f- four to eight range. Yeah, I think that's about right. Now again, yeah. I was optimistic that the team could do well. You know, with him not as a game manager, but not having to do so much. You know, so. All right, next game, Texans off the heartbreaking loss. Nine, nine-point favorite at home against Jacksonville. Maddie, this is one of your five. Yeah, I'm taking the nine points to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you you know, you had mentioned it to me earlier about, you know, division uh, underdogs and how they're so successful even after even into week two after week one. And I like Jacksonville in this spot. And I know it's easy to say, oh, my goodness, Nick Foles is out. But look what Gardner Minshew did in week number in in that game after Foles went out, completing 22 of 25 passes for 280 yards. And I think sometimes when a young guy comes in and, and there, you know, he has an optimistic performance like that, the team tends to rally around him a bit, at least in the short term. I think that may be the case this week for Gardner Minshew. Nobody has enough tape on him yet to really prepare for Minshew. And thus, I expect this game, like many of the games in the AFC South Division, to be a tightly contested battle, and I'm taking the nine points. I pass on the game, and it's all about the uncertainty of Gardner Hold on a Minshew. Second. You're allowed having one pass, Faz. Well, I actually have a teaser in this game. Okay, so it's not a pass. It's not a pass. I'm going to go ahead and tease Houston minus two and a half. With the 49ers plus eight and oh Jimmy G and it's really a, a basic strategy teaser. You know I love to find a way to bet on Jimmy G and if I can get an eight and a half point favorite down to that minus two and a half, especially a team that a, a good team like the Texans coming off a loss. I don't expect them to start zero and two, and I do think that Gardner Minshew, although he looked good week one, now that they've seen tape on him, I can see him having problems on the road. So your teaser women weaken legs. Your teaser is going to be a six and a half point teaser. Well, there's eight and a halves out there, but if if you whatever it takes to yeah, get, so, so explain it right. So obviously, and Maddie, this is one of our basic premises: the easiest way to help your win percentage is to get to having at least three outs. Right? If you have three outs, you should be able to get an eight and a half right now. Is that fair? fair? That's fair. Yes. And thus, it's hard enough to win if you're shopping, right? So. Oh, I'm sorry. It's hard enough to win even if you are shopping. If you're not shopping, forget about it, right? So to have a nine point, if it's eight and a half and nine. Now, again, if you're documenting your record in that you're selling your picks and like you do, uh, I think you've got to have a line that 80% of the people can get on any given game. So it's a higher standard. Here we're saying we're trying to find value. We've already given you the best bet. If you can get the eight and a half, which shouldn't be hard. You know, so I agree, but I do think you got to be explicit with it. Yeah, exactly right. But I'm sorry, go ahead, man. Uh, I was just wondering. That was fine. Do you like that? Other that, do you feel? Do you agree that it's you know half eight and a halfs out there? No, it's it's a third eight and a halfs, maybe. 
So let's think about that. So if you go, uh, so the odds of any given book is point, or of not is 0.66. So, right, 0.66 times 0.66 times 0.66. Less than 50%. Yeah, so <laughs> odds are good you should be able to with three ads, right? Yeah. yeah. And and that reinforces you want to try to have at least one sharper one that the lines are a little bit lower and one, especially if you haven't gotten barred, you know, those kind of books that always give the extra half point. And it only matters on the advantage teaser. I mean, it really doesn't. Eight and a half and nine in the yeah, in, yeah. If you're betting the game, it's not a very. I mean, it matters, but it's 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 one of the smaller. It's half less points. relevant, yeah. But on the advantage teaser, it's everything. In fact, more and more books use nine instead of eight and a half, just to avoid the advantage teaser. Yes. Which again is saying that we don't want action. Yes. Right. Not necessarily because I, I think it hurts. I don't. I. I just think it's predictable. Yeah, I. I, I could pick what advantage teasers were going to come every week. So just like if you could pick on where the public's going to go and all your money you is, make a, you, you make a the very number? good point. Yeah. What we want to start doing, and I honestly, guys, this is why I think our show keeps improving, is we're so uh, critical, but in a constructive way most of the time for me, with each other. Sure. Right. And you're saying. Hey, Fez is act, you know, giving a big drum roll and everything that he's got his teaser, and it's like pretty much. <laughs> Guys, I got a teaser to announce. I'm Steve Fezzik. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I haven't looked at the card yet, but is there any two or two and a half points? Correct. Yeah. It's like I get that. So I think what we got to do, Fez, is you don't you don't actually do it that blindly, obviously. So I think when there's one in the corridor, as they say, right, or that goes through the corridor, that you should say, here's why I'm not playing this one. Because if you're playing all mm. of them. Correct. Great point. Yeah. But if you're even eliminating a third of them. Because I was going to make a bet with him that I could pick 90% of his teasers before he announced them. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Most books will allow you to have an open ticket into next week, right? Actually, no. Some books, no. some books allow it, but it's the it's very much the minority. So, how many? You have twenty nine outs. How many of them let you do that? Three. Oh wow! Why wouldn't they do that? Might they get to hold the money? I, I don't know, but I only well, deal you, with you. Only booked a few. Yeah, billion I mean, dollars. I only deal with licensed U.S. books, yeah. um, and none of them do that. Well, I guess it's harder when there's a po- but. Well, but if you have an account, you're posting up, right? Why? You, I'm just saying yeah. none of them do that. I'm now, not saying that there's yeah. a reason why. No, no, I'm just I understand. They yeah. Don't. Yeah. So my next question is, and I've, I know there's a good answer to this, but I don't know it. Why not let get the lay price right and let people do one team teasers? Sure. What would the lay price be? Guys? Minus two sixty and is the same as laying a dollar ten on a two teamer. All right. So why not? We actually contemplated doing that uh, one team teasers at, at Cantor. When you were, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Right. And, and we just didn't end up doing it. The risk guys were, we didn't have enough people. We were doing in play manually at the time, and we just didn't have the manpower. But we had done all the math to do it. And so, there's, so there's no, I mean, the thing I think the old time bookmakers would be afraid of is, hey, if you force them to play that second team, they're not always going to be purely advantaged, maybe, is their thinking. Where if you let them just identify one, it, it's more pristine. Like you get the beautiful spot where it's the road, you know, or the home team, all the different little, because there are little tighteners on it, right? right? Other than going through the corridor. 
And the most obvious one is you don't want you are less inclined to tease a road favor down through seven and three. Correct. All right, because there's more variance on the road, more variance with more favorites. upsets by the home underdog. Yes, yes, variance when they're favored by <laughs> seven. <laughs> well, he clarified, I yeah. guess, for those slow. Let, let me add one one value added dirtiest player in the game thing. All right, if you do have a place that lets you play and open spot on a teaser so you boom week to week week to week so you put in your first leg of the teaser rj it's not going well it's gonna lose all right game's about to end when that game ends they're just going to grade it as a loser at that point in time but you need to frantically fill that teaser at that point with a minus three tease to plus three because you're going to do an attempt of resurrection because remember if the second leg pushes you get your money back that's interesting so you're saying for the three of the 29 spots that Take the open teaser. If it loses the first one, frantically go and try to open up for the, uh, what is it, 5%, 6% chance the home favorite is, or the favorite's going to fall in three? Yes. That's why Fez has a mansion and a yacht and the gray hair. It explains yeah. it all. <laughs> this is almost like the universe. Or the <laughs> I can't take your call, RJ. Yeah. I've got to resurrect my teasers right now. I've got to be honest. True. For a guy that loves to name things, resurrecting a teaser is a great freaking name, isn't it? Re- how, is that like parlance amongst you sickos, like that 1% that's, or is that something you came up with? I think it's my friend, the Eight of Clubs, invented it. His name's the Eight of Clubs. It's the least, <laughs> it's the least descriptive <laughs> card in the deck. He likes to stay under the radar. <laughs> we got to hear more about the Eight of Clubs in future weeks. Resurrect a teaser. I love it. You know, in the, in the coming weeks, I do want you to identify the, the advantages, teasers you're not playing. I will. It'll be interesting. All right. So, Maddie, you like the Jags? Yes. What did we think? I don't have we talked. We haven't talked about the Tunzel trade. What's your take on that? I thought it was productive. I, I did think Houston. For Houston. Yeah, of course. I think Houston got better in the short term. You know, one of but the net net, it was a net negative trade for Houston. Probably in the long term. Which but is, if they think their window is now, then... But why would it be now if you have a young quarterback? The theory is you've got 10 years with him. I don't know. He's a young quarterback who's already had multiple yeah. serious knee injuries. and No, I agree. That was a high-value position. Yeah. But, like, I don't even understand what lineman has ever been traded for even a first-rounder plus even anything. They pay him like it. Yeah, but do, I mean, why well, don't they ever get traded? At some point, maybe it's a new, maybe they're it's new thinking by the coaches. Hey, if we're going to pay them like that, we might as well treat them like they're that type of commodity. Which brings up another point, which is there's only two years left on Tunzel, and the fifth year is you're paying them a real amount. Yes. So, and then in theory, after two years, he could leave mm-hmm. after all that, or you know they're going to pay him out the wazoo. I think they're going to pay him. If he ends up as soon as he stays healthy and plays well. All right. So, Feds, can, is there any – I mean, you're saying pass in that – because you can like Jacksonville and like the teaser too. I mean, in a way – well, I guess you can't necessarily like Jacksonville because if you get to the point you think Jacksonville is going to cover 54%, but you can be totally neutral or even lean and still have advantage. Right. And I do feel like if this game comes down to the wire and it's close, that, that rookie Gardner Minshew will be – really up against it to try to get the victory on the road. What's funny is 
somehow you guys both got Minshew's name right, and you're just saying his name like six or seven times. <laughs> if you listen to Maddie's, was the thing about Minshew is, and let me tell you about Minshew. <laughs> I kept saying it, and it made me hungry for some reason. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to say Minshew. Yeah. Just because I messed up Darnold. <laughs> Darno? <laughs> For those who laid minus 260 <laughs> that I'd get the banana song, it was a sweat, but you got there. So, Fez, we had a meeting after this radio show, and we said, no sarcasm, no comedy. You're funny enough just being you. <laughs> Explain the joke quickly. Well, people are betting when I'm going to get the banana no, song. I, no, no, no. I meant the Minchu, Mincha. You did a little pronunciation tweak and made a joke. Yeah, because... Maddie had called Darnold Darno, and I... Oh, so you just said, I'm just going to randomly mispronounce the name. Right. Okay. No more of that. That, that. that actually has some sense to it, and it got past me, but I've never heard someone do that. Like, I would hear him go, like, like, where you would make it so mispronounced, but you did, like, a little variation, like it was referencing, like, some Mediterranean dish or something. Like, there was some... Didn't it seem like it there was, was a food reference fish. there somewhere? I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie's like, I just was confused. I don't... <laughs> I, me too. All right, we're getting down the stretch. So, is that going to be your uh, your bonus best bet, Fez? No, I got another one. Oh my god, he's got he's full. I've got a lot of more, like Mister T. Anyone excited about Rambo? No. Last blood. I think they there's some ways they could have got me excited about it, but I'm not. Rambo one is a great movie. Yes, it is very good. Great. Yes. 49ers, Jimmy G and company, they won a game with a bunch of turnovers. Woo-wee. They're one-and-a-half-point dogs at the Bengals. And we have Mr. Dave Esler. Now, remember, guys, I don't think you were here for this, Maddie. Any bet you want to press on Dave, I'm cross-betting it for the 300. Okay. It's an open invitation. You and Dave don't really uh, see eye-to-eye. It's not personal necessarily. Yeah, we just have different styles. Different styles. And this is your chance to exploit it if you got the guts. All right, let's listen to Dave Asler. NFL Sunday, Bengals over the 49ers. I bet plus two. I think they're going to win the game outright, and it's not going to matter. I'm not buying the fact that the 49ers can win back-to-back East Coast road games. Yes, they beat the Bucks, but you know how much I love Jameis Winston. 49ers had two interception returns for scores, but otherwise – Fewer first downs, less total yards, and committed 11 penalties. Up in Seattle, Bengals outgained Seattle almost 2-1. to one. Dalton threw for over 400 yards. More importantly, no picks. They don't put the ball on the ground three times. The narrative there is very different. Last year, before Dalton and Green went down, Bengals were a 500 team through 10 games. Not ready to endorse Zach Taylor, but he's an upgrade over Lewis. For now, the Bengals have optimism. 49ers averaged a mere 4.3 yards per play against the horrid Bucks defense. Bengals average over six against a good Seattle defense. This is a total perception line. Wrong team's favored. Bengals plus two for me. I think minus one is even fine. Bengals win the game. Ooh, I tell you, with Dave, I agree with most of it almost every time. There's always a thing or two, like today, I didn't agree with. But that's what makes him Dave because he just keeps on winning. So, Maddie, we don't want to make it where you're against Dave, though you can certainly press the button. And remember, this is his podcast best bet 
Okay, and it is important to note, Dave taped this, uh, I think it was all, all the way, we're taping here on Wednesday, I think it was Monday night even, because he had some uh, home repair. So lines change, but I guess in a way it's, talking about validating your pick, right? This baby opened up with Cincy favored, or I'm sorry, Cincy is the home dog, now favored. So Fez, you love Jimmy G. First of all, the performance from Jimmy G, what'd you think? It looked rough. He uh, looked rusty, and frankly, they won that game easily against Tampa Bay because of their defense, not because of Jimmy G. So rusty. Rusty implies somehow that he sat out. but he And played. he did not. Yeah, well, we know so he wouldn't be rusty. He looked bad. He looked like he did not as bad as week two when he had a zero mm-hmm. point. What was it, RJ? I don't know. I don't re- All I know is this is a guy that signed a franchise contract that I'm not sure we can, you know, how we know he's any good. I mean, I'm not saying he isn't. I'm saying, do we really know it? We really don't. And I obviously have concerns about the practice in preseason, the preseason games, and the week one result. I'll tell you this, though. My number one handicap on this game, and this is why I'm using San Francisco in my teaser with Houston, San Francisco spending the entire week in Youngstown, Ohio. And I think this is a really good bonding team, bonding team focus strategy. Yeah, mistake, mistake. Mistake. They just came out of camp. Like, this is a great – Harbaugh started this, started the Youngstown stuff, right? And it usually is midseason. So you have your camp, you get yourself a chance to have a normal season, and then at a certain point there's like a second camp in the middle. Mm. Do you really want to go from camp to play one game and back to a camp? Well, that's think, effectively what it is. I think it's going to keep the team focused. I, I do. Uh, then under that theory, then teams would be so much better if they just kept them all on ca- a little mini campus throughout the whole year. <laughs> right? I'm serious. So, I mean, to me, I think there's an upside and a downside. Sure. The upside is there is that attention to detail, the focus. It's like we're all on a mission together. The downside is these are millionaires that, quite frankly, a lot of them are single. A lot of them don't want to be in Youngstown. Right, I, I've spent a lot of time in Youngstown, and it feels like the worst time for this. I know they didn't have a choice, but maybe they should have let it go. And you're letting Harbaugh's culture dictate? Like, they never did this before, did they? Not that I remember. Not that I recall. Bill Walsh wasn't staying in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. So I, it feels like they're grasping at the past to me. Hmm. And I hate it early. So, but go ahead. I... We're going to have to agree no. to disagree. I just thought that— I don't I, think I th- you even disagree. I don't. I think I'm bringing up things you haven't even contemplated. I, I, I think if you're a bad team, you're like, what are we doing, you know, in terms of spending a week away from our family and the like. But when you're a team that— First of all, let's get something straight. It's not about the family for these people. You get yeah, that? Yeah, away I mean, from home. These all. are young people who are millionaires. It, it used, they might have baby mamas, but there's not a lot of, like, let's take a walk— <laughs> And, and hold hands. And again, I wouldn't have been that way either at that age. So let's get in reality. It's like Fez thinks his reality is everyone's reality. What were you like when you were 26, 27? Not like the average NFL player. But you weren't thinking about spending time with your family, were you? No. Okay. So why would they? Right? Well, I would be less distracted when I'm away from home in Youngstown, Ohio, and I could focus on my work. Which is the point. They fo- just got done focusing on their work. The season starts, they will, you know, so I don't know. Let's just say this. This is an opinion. I'm not saying that I'm right for sure. I think I'm right. It do- would you agree that this works better in the middle of the year? Yes. Right. 
And it is strange that they're repeating something that the, the prior coach did or the two coaches back, but the coach that won last, right? It's almost like we're grasping at that. But, okay, any other thoughts? That's it. Matt. A major running back injuries for both teams here. Tevin Coleman out now and definitely Joe Mixon banged up for the Bengals. Um, so, I mean, serious injuries for both teams. And between the two, about the same impact? Yeah, close. I mean, Coleman was a serious guy with Atlanta. That was a serious running back. But you right? still got Brito, who's a, I would say, is who's questionable rather, this week. You'd rather have him than Bernard, though, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, next game. Let's see what we got left. We did the Vikings. We got the Raiders. And then we got we did the Rams. We got the Broncos. All right, we got to go rapid fire. All right, Chief, best intentions. All right, Chiefs Raiders. Now, Fez, you actually liked this when this was in competition. Uh, the line's only seven at the Super Contest, which was a swayer. I think there's seven and a half out there. Go. Yeah, I like Oakland. It's all about Oakland's new weapons. Their new additions doing so well on offense, like what I saw from wide receiver Williams, the tight end Waller, the rookie running back out of Alabama, Jacobs, all of them exceeding expectations early. And that O-line, my biggest worry about the Raiders. Oh, my God, Von Miller and company, they're going to kill them with two linemen out for the Raiders. Raiders gave up no sacks against Denver, so I was very much surprised by how well Denver's, um, Oakland's offense played. I like Oakland. Yeah, I tell you, I agree in general that Oakland looks like they're trending with young players in the right direction, but it is one data point. So, And I'm a little worried that off of the Monday night game, the whole world saw them surprised when they got so much attention for AB being out. There might be an overreaction in their direction. I would have not guessed I would be tempted to play the Raiders. And, oh, by the way, I'm sick of fading Mahomes. And I'm surprised that I'm tempted to play the over on a game with a with a total of 53. But at the end of the day, I know that that Raiders defense, which came out really fired up last Monday night game here in Oakland Coliseum, rah, they – after those first three punts, I mean, Denver drove down the field, field goal, drove down the field, field goal, drove down the field, missed a field goal, drove down the field, field goal, drove down the field, touchdown. That Oakland defense didn't exactly get stops after the first three drives, but their offense certainly did prove that it has a little more firepower than maybe people thought. We know Kansas City has tons of firepower. Kansas City Chiefs, the only team to allow an opponent eight plus yards per play and win a game um, last week last week so certainly looks like you know this thing could be a shootout and I'm tempted to play over 53 I as I heard your handicap I don't disagree but I, I feel like if you bet the Raiders here you almost got to bet them with the over no math oh I'm sorry check it with the under under sure under. no mathematical reason necessarily but I guess with the dog right it's a little more inclined but I'm thinking do the rate if the rate think of the profile of this game at the Raiders cover? You think it's a shootout? I mean, I guess. Well, a I chance. don't like the Raiders either. Yeah, twenty-one yeah. twenty, right? Well, I don't know. It could, yeah. But what I'm saying is, I don't see a shootout. Yeah, I agree. So, because really, all it's got to correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you got the quadrants, right? Is even if it, you're like at fifty-five, like if A happens in this case, Oakland. Covered. I don't think with that total that high that it's that. It's, well, I, I'm not saying it's core. I'm, I'm saying I don't this, think it's above 52.38. Oh, I don't think the math of it is where yeah. you're just saying based upon the, the distribution of scoring. But I'm saying as I think about the handicap of the Raiders winning, 
it's not a shootout. And it and it only needs to be what fifty five percent where you right. you've got to correlate it, right? It's right. Even like, if the other play is only fifty percent. Yeah. So would you, would you say if I wanted to make you a bet, and I say if it goes under, we have a oh I'm sorry if the Raiders cover we have a bet on the total, and I'm willing to lay one ten. So that means I've got to be better than fifty two point three eight on the second leg. Think on that because there's a lot of game. We might have some real action this year that there's no math to the correlation that I believe there's correlation. I would love to test it across the season. So if you decide by the end of this pod, great. I know you haven't thought about it, so we kind of sprung it on you, but which I hadn't thought of either, but I, I'd be interested. If I take this one, though, again, because I want to spread it out, mm-hmm. too. I don't want it all to come down to one. We have to do try to find them. Oh, no, no. Can. I will commit to doing 10 this season. All right, let's think. That'll at least encourage me to think about it. Okay? Oh, I thought you were going to say yes right now. Uh, it was right. a no-brainer. I don't know before, but I'm certain. So, so you do think there's now. a correlation then? Uh, I just I haven't put any thought into it, so I, I don't yeah, just want to throw anything out there. No, I, I respect that. Anything else in this game? No. So you like him, Fess? I do. Oh, I like this one. Broncos against the Bears. Wow, Bears favored by two. Trubisky road favorite. A mile high, minus two and a half, moving towards three, it looks like. You like it, Fess? Yeah, I like Denver. It's all about how well Denver has played early in the year at home. And this is a trend that makes a lot of sense, right? That there's so much less hitting going on during camps and players not playing in preseason. They're not in game shape. Where is that going to show up? In altitude in Denver. Here's some numbers for you. If you simply play Denver early in the year in the first two weeks at home, Denver's 33-3 and three straight up, 22-11-3 against the spread. Now, I, I like this, but I don't love it, and here's why. Big rest differential. Chicago's got 10 days off, and Denver only six days off. It's the second game. But it's only the second game. I mean, how tired could you be? I still like Denver. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. I mean, that's w- one of the great trends that isn't just out there being discussed left and right. I mean, there's so much recycling of this stuff now, which is fine. It means it's out there for the batters. I love that trend. And I love the fact we're moving towards a three. This is, what is it in the Super Contest? Two and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, what do you think? I also like Denver. And I was actually encouraged by that offense that got off to a really slow start. The fact that they put five straight sustained drives together after that. And that showed me that Flacco can move the ball in this offense, even if they didn't finish all those drives at least. And um, I'm very well aware of the Denver trend already. And it was good to see some positive upside from that offense and some consistency. So I'm definitely on Denver. So Fangio's new, Flacco's new, I test what what jumped out. It's just one game, so we're saying: is there something other than the score for Denver, Maddie? You mentioned how they moved the ball fairly well after a slow start. Denver will have one of the three slowest paces of play in the whole league. They're just slow. They almost does that up hurt? Does they, that hurt the trend of the altitude? I don't know, but their pace of play is slow. Well, they might they time. might speed up at home. And Fangio, where would he come from? Well, he was the Bears' defensive coordinator. If anyone knows the Bears, it should be Fangio, right? Yeah. So how do we think about that? I usually like the better coach because the Bears know him, right? Yeah. And to me, as much as I'm not as much in the Bears head coaches fan club, like a lot of people are, like he, they're because he's young and he's seen, like these coaches, half of them are going to be out of the league in seven years or at least back to a mm-hmm. coordinator. But it does feel like the Bears have the better coach, right? 
Oh, absolutely. So don't you think when they know each other that the that the Bears, whoever the better coaches, has an edge? Normally, yes. But I think that Trubisky, a lot of people have been talking about how he's got some fundamental. He's got fund. Yes, exactly. Fundamental problems where if he rolls in one direction, he cannot throw in the other direction at all. And Fangio should know that. Well, you know it because <laughs> well, you heard someone talk about. But he knows it. what the truth is. Yeah, that's an interest. That is an interesting point. If you have a limited court or limited quarterback, especially the player being familiar with the limitations, now that's a good one. We're gonna give it. I had to draw it out of him. Fans, Eagles. On the road, favored by one and a half at Atlanta. Fezzi on Atlanta. Oh, fading the overreaction. Yeah, I'm going to like Atlanta just because I know they got their butts kicked by Zimmer in Minnesota. They're plus three in turnovers and, excuse me, minus three in turnovers. And you blink and that game was over basically in So Minnesota. we're saying not only the turnovers, but it was there was kind of a avalanche which made it di- everyone got out of their game plan. Exactly. It was 21 nothing. You blink and the game is over. Bottom line is I know Atlanta got a lot of these yards in the second half, but Atlanta won the yardage by 80 yards. A little bit of a misleading final. Things just Whoa, went- whoa, 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 whoa. Not because of the yardage, because, I mean, by definition, when the other team, when Maddie's saying, oh, I'm not sure how much I trust Minnesota because they ran so much. And then you tell me, oh, it's misleading because of the yardage. It's like, those don't go together. Let me stick with the turnovers. The three turnovers are the key handicapping factor that Atlanta got out of the game early. And because of that, I think Atlanta's a little bit undervalued. Yeah, it's hard enough to overcome that kind of turnover margin. If it's all at once, it just gets you out of your game. Matt? I'm going to go ahead and green button it. Woo! I love it. He came. Uh, I mean, he came. Oh, I guess you were. You know, that was actually a crossfire. We got to get our notes straighter. So you go ahead and look. You know, we talk about some of these teams that don't play their starters in the preseason and how it affects them in that first half of the first game. Who did that affect more than the Philadelphia Eagles? You talk about teams stuck 21 nothing. How about Philly? They were stuck, what, 14 or 21 nothing uh, to the Washington Redskins at home in that game. But unlike the Atlanta Falcons, who packed it in, mailed it in, called it a day, the Philadelphia Eagles not only came back to win that game, but were covering an almost double-digit point spread with two minutes to go in the game after being stuck uh, 21 to start. What we saw was... That Eagles team is really good. That offense is really good. And now that they got that, hey, we didn't play in the preseason rust out of the way, I get a lot better football team here in the Eagles at a pick and price. I'm going to go ahead and take Philly. I'm tempted to jump on with Faz. Mm. What's the, uh, Here's my thinking. Atlanta has Cotter as O.C., I mentioned it last week, Matt Ryan threw more passes in the preseason than any established starter, trying to get some reps, even though Cutter had been with him prior times. I love that. You could say, oh, off or not. But now the question is, I think we all agree, the game, if there's any game, the result probably means the least. It's that game where everyone, both teams get out of their game. And that's what we're left with is an Atlanta team. What was their win total, Fez? 8.75. And Philadelphia? 10.3. All right. 
He tried. I like that he can do that. All right. So one point two five. So one point five. One and a half games. Yes. Okay. So how many points is that typically? I know these are guesstimates. Uh, two point three times one and a half. So three point six. Three point six points on your power rating. Yes. Okay. So under that theory, the line should in Atlanta is borderline three and a half, right? I mean, they have a really good home field in that dome. I give them three. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. is, it's 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 three for sure, right? Mm-hmm. It's no kind of two point nine. So my point is, this game should be about pick them, and so we get a little value. And we got the situational good spot where we, all things being equal, we'd much rather play the zero and one straight up team against the one and zero straight up team. And also, correct me if I'm wrong. The Eagles, if I had to say, do you want to randomly play them in, let's say, even week three, if you haven't even looked at the game, or in week 12, doesn't this team get better because of Wentz? I don't think the rush just disappeared. I mean, with Wentz being as hurt like he was. He pretty or, good second half of that game. Yeah, but when you're losing against a bad team, you tend to look good, right? They throw him from Maybe. behind. I think Atlanta's defense is one of the six worst in the whole NFL. All right, Fezzy, I'm going with you, baby. All right, jump in. I'll let you buy out for 30 bucks. Nope, there's no way I'm buying out. <laughs> Good, no buyout. <laughs> no way I'm buying out of this game. Ain't going to be no rematch. Don't want one. <laughs> Last game. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God, this is going to be – I haven't even really listened to Colin as much this week. What's the odds that he doesn't have <laughs> the Jets? He loves Sam Darnold, and he hates Baker Mayfield. Browns, though, favored by two and a half on the road at the Jets. What do you think, Fess? Yeah, I lean to the Jets. Number one handicap, Greg Williams, former Cleveland defensive coordinator. He was the interim coach for the Browns, and they didn't retain him. I think that this is a personal game that Greg Williams desperately wants to win now that he's with the Jets and their D.C. I mean, a guy that just shows up there, that like, explain that to me because I'm thinking that the players don't owe him anything. He comes in as the face of Bounty Gate, so there's going to be some ambivalence, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, some might love it. Some might be, ah, this guy. And... The idea that let's just say who's going to try harder, Williams? Well, I just think he's he's Williams got. He's, work, the no, he knows coordinator the, for an NFL team is going to work hard. No, it's back to him knowing the Browns, and so that. Oh, he but can you didn't ex- mention that. Yeah, so he can he should be able to exploit his knowledge of the Browns, and but that goes both ways, right? You know, you say it goes both ways. I think the coach has the edge here, but the, both coaches, meaning it's not as if the head coach or all the coaches on the Browns don't know his defense. They go against his defense in practice every day, right? Yes. So it's coach against coach. Yes. One just leaves. Yes. So, I, and I don't think Williams is any kind of tactician. He's more of a emotional. We're going to be physical. We're going to be yeah. shocked by, they'll be shocked by our physicality. But even, how much could this be worth? Like a half a point at most? Yeah, so it's just a lean. So that's your handicap. That's it. Everything else is exactly right. No comment about Darnold. No, I mean. Well, I'm, I'm worried about the Jets because. So I want a full handicap. Okay, here's the full handicap. Why I don't want to bet the Jets. The Jets are hurting at linebacker. If you watch that Jets-Buffalo game, part of the reason that the Jets lost that game is because their middle linebacker, Mosley, went out and got injured. Now, I haven't got an update whether he's playing or not. But the Jets already Still questionable. Their Jets already had cluster injuries at linebacker. Cole William, Blend and Williamson. and Williamson. They had two linebackers that were already hurt. So you add this Mosley injury as well, and all of a sudden, I cannot trust the Jets' defense. There you go. 
And not to mention their offense. Again, we talked about it. Lowest yards per play in the week one, 3.4 yards per play. That's not going to be helped this week by the fact that uh, Quincy Anuma is now on the IR with a neck injury. Things not getting better. I was never sold on Sam Darnold to start, but I certainly wasn't sold after a really ugly week one performance and now losing a second string receiver. And when you have that much of a net turnover edge like the Jets, the chance of winning the game, it's 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 really un- unusual to lose the game. So that's not a good sign. Darnold didn't look great, right? Not a good sign. Now, what I will say, I didn't watch this game. Listening to WFAN, and they've got some hardcore fans uh, as hosts. They were like, Mosley was as good as anyone they've seen in five years on the field at the beginning of that game. So I think this is a guy that is worth a half point, if not a little bit more, it sounds like. He was awesome in Baltimore. I mean, this is a really good football player. Yeah, and I think in general the Jets overpaid for almost every major acquisition, but they got better. They had so much cap space, it's really not about for this year. It's almost like that Houston trade. I thought it was a horrible trade, but they are better this year. That's right. right. And I think the Jets are clearly better. Even if Darnold's the same, the Jets are clearly better. Yeah. All right, guys. Good stuff. We moved as fast as we can. Still not as quick as we thought. Fed, you guys. Oh, we got those final best bets. We can't. Oh, listen. We can't tease those and not give them. And we can't skip this. Go, Fez, go. Prop bet. I'm going to go Tom Brady under 270 pass yards. Now, I expect it to come around 280, but 270 is as low as I would go. Here's my handicap. So this is, uh, just to be clear, the price isn't out yet. You're given a buy price. That's right. So the buy, buy price is under 270. It is all about... I don't think New England wants to throw the ball and risk Tom Brady with not one, but two linemen out. So their center, Andrews, is out, and the right tackle, Marcus Cannon, is out. I expect because of that, New England will run the ball Ooh, I love this. more so, second half. Yeah, so tell me, all things equal, no game specific, but on the road, I guess, matters. And, what, and not adjusting for the spread, not adjusting for the history, what's the, right, what's the Brady guess on not the buy price, but what's his number come out at? He, I think 280 because he averaged 272 last year, mm-hmm. but he threw for 342 last All week. Right. So if this comes out at the at the number that doesn't seem to account for this, I think just the simple uh, best practice idea that Belichick's history when he gets up big is a flat is to take the air out of the ball. Brady's old. If you can have him only throw 11 passes, that'd be great, right? Exactly. I love a 280. I love it. What do you think of that, real quick? I like it. What do you got? I got a big Ben Roethlisberger under 284 and a half passing yards this week. Since they started that new offense, not only did he not look comfortable last week, but it's predicated on throwing these short passes. That's not big Ben style. It's taking him a while to get used to this style. And I think even though Seattle got burned for some big pass plays last week, that just the style that the Pittsburgh Steelers are running isn't going to be able to take advantage of it. And everyone on that coaching staff said, despite the 33-3 to, to three loss to the New England Patriots, they do not plan on overreacting and changing that offense. They How impl- could you change it in the middle of the season? That's right. right. They implemented that new, well, they could go back to what they've done Big Ben's whole career, but that's the offense they're going to run. They're not even going to talk about tweaking it yet. 
So, and I think that in that offense, which Big Ben isn't comfortable, he's not going to throw for a ton of yards. It's hard to in that offense. I like Big Ben under. Smith-Schuster still questionable? Yes. Former bookmaker in Nevada. Also, though, now on the compliance side, Maddie, how do they follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Matthew Holt VP. All right. And you'll get UFC stuff. He's a true expert and pictures of him fishing. For someone, <laughs> I've never seen an entrepreneur fish this much, but he's a good family man too. Got to give him credit. Matty Holt, thank you, Fez. Guys, subscribe. If not, you will miss things. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.